0: Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. Release the
1: Hey, born again Blake Simmons, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, third rail Tom. <laughs> How are you doing your clickety-clacking? Are you trying to go to some website to steal
0: secrets that you can talk about and claim that they're your own? I'm just hacking the dark web, trying to find out, you know, uh, all those secret little informant pieces about how Melania is really the mole. (laughs) See, that's why I only venture past the dim web
1: occasionally, because I'm afraid.
0: (laughs) I'm afraid of what I'll find. You know, the dusk dusk web is (laughs) usually, you know, the safest bet. (laughs) So
1: uh, here we are once again doing a a sweet international recording. We're testing the limits of uh, human advancements in telecommunication technology. You're in, you're in the past and I'm in the future, and Indeed. we're communicating. Uh, I'm like the I'm like the, uh, the the weird flash to your disgruntled uh, Affleck Batman,
0: right? Too that, too it, that, that too soon. Very weird. I would not go there with that simile. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> Is, is that like the tortoise and the hare uh, or the both, the both hairless you know, that we're trying to get
1: through? I think in that particular instance, we're both the, the tortoises on our backs. But
0: Well, yeah, uh, well I resemble the tortoise <laughs> on <bizarre>. my back. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even need to get a tattoo because I just resemble the hydrodynamics right out of the gate.
1: Hey, do you want to just um, launch right into our sweet segment we call the Sucking the Monkey?
0: I think we should. I'd like to know what you're having tonight. What are you, what are you enjoying? Well, I'm I'm doing my usual mix and match medley. I'm uh, alternating between a, a cherry Coke Zero, and uh, that's slowly coming to room temperature, uh-huh. and uh, then a, a very frosty, delightful Blue Moon Belgian White biggie.
1: Hmm, that sounds really delicious. Um, and what are you
0: what are you partaking of your favorite beverage there?
1: Well, so since I'm coming to you from the future, um, it's the morning for me. And not to suggest that I don't uh, just pound heavy liquors every morning just to get out of bed. I mean, I really don't. But I could. Uh, But I'm having coffee. I'm having delicious cafe latte. Uh, Although, uh, as we go, I may dip into my delicious monkey shoulder, which is a Scotch whiskey that I pick up on my way in from Singapore. Made in Scotland. All delicious. Has three monkeys on it.
0: Yeah, is so it is it, the, is it the usual uh, see here speak combo? <laughs> well,
1: it's sort of like a human centipede of monkeys on, on oh, no, the on
0: the no, 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 <clears throat> no, 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 no. That's that's purely elective surgery, even in Scotland. It's not, I think that's how twenty-eight days later got started, or something. <laughs> I think like you that. be right. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know, is it are the outbreak the monkeys <laughs> outbreak. Are the are the monkeys peaty or is it uh, a more mellow? It's very
1: smooth. Beverage. In fact. It, it, it's so smooth. I'm just, I'm used to the bourbons and rye that we have at home. Uh, it's so smooth because it's a, it's a, sc- it's like a scotch whiskey, right? That's what they like here more. Um, you know, when I come in through duty free, I could grab the bullet, which I've done in the past, but I thought I would experiment and, and I was reminded after I popped it that um, I don't drink a lot of scotch anymore so much, but it's so smooth compared to what we're used to drinking. I don't know if everybody yeah. would describe Highland Highland blends, you know, as as extremely smooth, but I do, and mm-hmm. it, and it's I'm very aware of it when you know you put some ice in there and throw a lemon and you start to drink and you're like, wait, this I feel like I added something to this that I didn't. That's what it feels like to me. Ah,
0: huh, interesting. But, yeah, but anyway, but but every everything tastes good at uh, nine fifty eight in the morning. Of course. Well, I'll tell you as soon as I uh, I try.
1: Um, but uh so it's been a short while since we talked. um we did just a little background. We attempted desperately to try to get this um as a uh <laughs> as a three way uh, yeah well you you, know. you and me and and deeply dapper um but as usual the the convergence of your travel schedule, mine, the time zone difference, and then uh Chris either preparing for then driving to then setting up at the Phoenix con uh just made it. Impossible. So we decided to move forward, yeah. valiantly attempting to keep the show going despite the loss. Um, yeah. It will never be quite as good as it could have been, but
0: no, a we'll tripod is always better than a bipod. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so,
1: uh, but uh, so before we uh, move on to that, uh, some other stuff, I wanted to ask you: Are there any sweet uh, current events that you would like to discuss? Because there have been a few keep it limited to entertainment stuff man okay you with your political uh, rantings
0: well i'm gonna try and i'm gonna try and pull the reins on okay. all the the rambling and ravings of the world uh-huh. um, but i i am you know very interested to see the early readouts on that little film we call solo oh yeah um, i'm 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 still of mixed minds on this, as uh-huh. usual, but uh-huh. um, we'll see. It's it's going to be. I think it's going to be an interesting ride, no matter what. Uh-huh. Um, I'm also very excited to see Deadpool Two. Uh-huh. Those those are those are very good. And of course, the biggest news is that the Expanse <laughs> that was so summarily truncated on sci fi got picked up and saved. Uh, and I am I am ecstatic over that
1: okay we gotta talk about this so when yeah. we, when that news first hit I mean I was just screaming at you in in uh, in messenger or whatever but you know my first response was like did it not have and I granted that the ratings had slipped a little bit um, it wasn't doing as well as like the magician in those but um, that's also to be expected for a heavily serialized complicated intelligent show like it's I, I'm surprised it ever got the ratings it did but yeah. The initial thing you think is it's like what Fox does, right? Like it's doing great and then it dips a little bit and then decide it's too expensive and so it's out. But what was yeah. interesting d- diving into it was that um, that was such a raw deal for sci fi. I'm amazed that they got through airing three seasons under that deal. Yeah. I mean, do you read into that? I mean, Elcon uh, completely produced it themselves. It was an entire package that was just delivered to sci fi to use as a distribution network. Yeah, and they, well, and I think they, it's. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and then, and then the, uh, you know, their 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 only recourse for getting their money, um, it was based on a very limited window of how they could broadcast it. That's why I was uh-huh. so frustrated with you when you were um, you were, you know, watching it right on the night that it was debuting, and I had to wait three days because of streaming delays, and it was because they didn't have the, they were actually trying to force people to to tune in to the primary broadcast because that was the only way they made revenue on it
0: yep and uh, and it's also very frustrating that when you try to go back and watch the prior seasons that uh, as soon as they get taken off the sci-fi on demand thing there's a race period they're gone and you have to pay for all of them but you know yet i wonder if this is a, a, a harbinger of things to come as the new status quo because you look at all these deals between sci-fi and sky
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and these other you know the the way to diffuse the cost but uh, to make them more affordable on the production side but then the, the revenue and the upside uh is also diffuse and so the intestinal fortitude to maintain the shows is uh significantly decreased so well, it's um yeah it's interesting well i mean it's just like one one,
1: one more step down the path of trying to figure out what the new revenue stream is right like the, yep. the whole broadcast concept was entirely based on the on the the value of the marketing segments in between you know that they would they would stick ten of them into the show and and if they could prove to uh, to customers that were paying for that ad time that they were getting eyeballs then they made good money for those ads and that was what you know that was the entirety of what was keeping those shows on was to generate interest in time that the ad could then <laughs> slip in and try to sell you something. And that thing started yeah. falling apart. That that was falling apart even before um, internet streaming was becoming viable. Now, yeah. look, the, the Netflix model and the Hulu model, uh, and even the premium channel, you know, pay to play models, they're really confusing to me about how they're, how they're dealing with their new content acquisitions. Cause Netflix, for example, is spending huge sums uh-huh. to bring, to bring uh, these products in. Amazon is doing the same. Hulu is a different animal because they have original content, but it's still that consortium of, of broadcasters. But, um,
0: it, you know, they're not making their money back on subscribers. Yep. Well, I mean, uh, if you're a cynic, you kind of take the view that they're all trying to have a stake in the end game, knowing that there's probably going to be 50 to 60% attrition on the content generators and providers. So I think they're all trying to, they're all trying to position themselves as valuable assets in some kind of uh, quantized monetary state so that when the great rapture happens, they'll still be alive on the other side. The tele rapture. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I I think that, yeah, I think the reckoning is going to come and you see, you know, we live in the so-called golden age of television, but it's, it's uh, bankrupting (laughs) the, uh, the, the, Providers and so it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out.
1: Well, I mean, the 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 idea that that uh, that Expanse was produced precisely with the model that we have in the years past claimed would be the way we got good product. Um, yeah, and then you see this happen and you wonder about you know th- what happens when the distribution system for those original con- that original content that's entirely self produced you know when that's just a fumble, uh-huh. how do you get it in front of people? Um, yeah. It, it You know, I was wondering, you see hints of this uh, when you live in a city like San Francisco where uh, sh- new shows are coming on and then they will send you invites to go to the I- IMAX theater and watch the first few episodes or whatever in the theater. It made me wonder if we're going to start to see a move away from, uh, you know, smaller format serialized content and back into longer format stuff that puts people back in seats in theaters because uh-huh. if they can't, if they can't uh, generate revenue from home viewing and they're putting a lot of money into these self-produced programs, you know, may- maybe, there- maybe there's going to be a shift. It's either that or companies like Alcon
0: are going to become distributors themselves, right. Of uh-huh. their own
1: content entirely. And then you have yep. to pay to play.
0: Yeah. I-, I just worried that we're seeing this convergence on the, the theater side yeah. of the, 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 megalopolis, Right. <laughs> Right, which we're going to be talking about in just a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I hear you. I'm trying to do the longer format stuff, but I think that that is a system that is getting increasingly squeezed and uh, more stratified yeah. in the access to the viewers and the profits. And you know that you hear you, you talk to the theater folks, and they're terrified that everybody's going to go distributed, right. virtual, and on demand. Right. And you talk to the TV and you talk to the TV folks, and they're scared of the same thing. And you're like, hmm. So, <laughs> but who's you know, it's interesting
1: though in that market space. You and I are—I mean, you and I are on the the end of the spectrum that does not. <laughs> it's I mean, it's so many ways. <laughs> it, <we're>, that's true. <laughs> we're on the end of the spectrum in terms of of, uh, of acquiring content that is not the average problem for them. We're the optim- yeah. we're the optim optimistic end for them you and i will pay for content uh, we want we want it whenever we can have it so we'll pay for the uh-huh. op- option to get to it when we can cuz our time is limited right yep however uh-huh. if you think about that and you and i may differ on this but i look at my own buying pattern i'm happy to invest in subscription model i was i was on board with subscription model with software and with media content earlier than a lot of the people i knew who were willing to do it who were holdouts uh-huh. about it right uh-huh. but I'm willing to spend money so that I can just tap in and get whatever I need whenever I want it. I'll spend more. I'll spend I'll spend significantly more than they charge me to have that option, particularly if it can be centralized. However, we're seeing we're seeing seeing that market um, split apart because they don't want to centralize, right? But on the other hand, if I look at um, if I look at what we were talking about before, the Alcon, you know, a new Alcon model where they just Uh you have to go pay for expense directly from them and then you get to see it that's no different than uh, buying the you know buying access to the stuff on uh, on uh, iTunes you know and I'm yeah. and I'm very resistant to doing that so even in my own behavior I will pay for a subscription model but I don't want to pay to play for individual episodes it drives me nuts and I don't know and it's not really it's maybe it's the perception that the that additive it becomes much more expensive than it should be for subscription I don't know but there's something about that that I get irritated if I have to like you said, you want to go back and watch Expanse. You got to go pay for all those episodes individually. If they were to yep. say to me, "You want to go watch Expanse? Go pay ten bucks a month to get into the, you know, the sci-fi back back catalog, or even the Alcon back catalog," I would do, I would do that. Uh-huh. But paying even a dollar an episode would piss me off.
0: Yeah, but that is that is a weird that that is a different type of uh, approach because I would uh, if I and I agree with you. I'd rather pay for the channel than the episode but I think you know, as you get more toward territoriality around it, you're probably going to see a, a greater mix of that in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if, I could, if I could blow up the Comcast whale mm-hmm. and pay for the channels I really care about, yep. as opposed to the, ex- the exorbitant sums that yep. I pay for, and, and 95% of the content I, I don't watch, and moreover, I don't give a shit about, um, I, would, I would gleefully leap into that model. And we have to talk about Comcast's latest
1: move because uh, it's like they find every possible way to shit the bed and they'll and they'll do it. That said And and they'll put a cherry on it. And yeah, they'll put a
0: cherry pretend, on it and it, to, to pretend it doesn't happen and that it's actually not poop.
1: And it's not a cherry. <laughs> it's not a cherry. It's okay, a cherry. but so but so I'm I am their favorite type of customer. Because I do one hundred percent streaming, but I have to pay for that full package to get access mm-hmm. to those modules so that I can see them as you know you and I both do that but you still have your cable yep. box up I don't even have a cable box set up so I'm not even doing the the broadcast you know flipping channels or using the DVR or anything I'm entirely streaming pay that money and then they get me on the data bandwidth caps so then yep. I get harassed because we're streaming too much so we're paying yep. for that but then we're not and we're paying for the bandwidth speed and capacity we're paying for the access to the to the data through their system, and then they ding us when we actually do what they they have been grooming people to do, and we knew that was going to happen. But I am that case. I am that case in point. So, yep. I will say though, there were at least two case, um, instances where I did pay for not per episode, but um, pay for seasons of shows because I needed access to them, and I wanted, to, and I was willing to do whatever it took. And it was one season of, of uh, Game of Thrones. Using the, the direct app, and then one, and then the last season or two of uh, of Mad Men, because I didn't have an AMC app yet to stream, and uh-huh. I didn't have that access, so I was buying them directly off of iTunes. <laughs> so you know, it, it stands to reason that if everything, if the content is really, really good, and your limits to access are paying that way, some people uh-huh. will do it. But will the masses do it? And you're gonna and you're gonna have to try to make your money back on, you know, millions, ten million dollars an episode. Large, you know, far-reaching experiments like Expanse—how's that supposed to work? Well, I don't know that it does. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's what uh, I think. I, yeah, I wonder if they I wonder if this is one of those deals where it's like these venture capital things, right? They're just burning. Like Netflix must be spending. I mean, they're spending billions right now. It's like in the press constantly in the Business Times. So, are they doing that thing where they're just burning cash like crazy, um, plotting for the future? And they're never coming close to making that up in their revenues? I don't know. Well,
0: that's what i say. There's going to be a reckoning. Yeah. right. And I, and I don't know if it's going to be mergers, which I think it will be. I think that you see this uh, diversification, but, you know, you take a look at the mega <laughs> mergers like Disney and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Nulu. <laughs> yeah, Nulu uh, or Gunu or something. And, you know, it is interesting that Google hasn't made a play in this. It is interesting that they sort of did. Uh, my, just fell apart. Well, they sort of did, but, they, but it fell apart. And Microsoft did, and it played out explosively. Yep. Um, well, how different Time are things going to be in Time a year? Time Warner did. Well, I, don't, I think it's going to be 10 years. I don't think it's going to be a year.
1: No, no. But in a year, when Disney's streaming system, their streaming channel launches, they're pulling all of their content. Well, a lot of their content from all of the other sources. And if, any, yeah. if anyone's going to be able to push that model and make it work, it's probably going to be them. They, I mean, it's not just about, like, get access to Star Wars or whatever. Or Marvel movies, and that's the only place, but all the original content they're planning for it it's the gambit that CBS tried to do with all access with Star Trek, but it's actually going to work right yeah, because everyone and their mother is going to pay ten bucks a month to see
0: that new Star Wars serial absolutely yeah absolutely but uh, and I think that's why they went through a big m and a phase yeah so that they could position themselves a, a market force and viability that would be self fulfilling yeah. Right, because now they've got a content, you know, armada Right. that is is all the big tentpole, flagships, right? <laughs> yeah. a- and 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 now, they they've out Sony, Sony out Fox, Fox, and uh, and 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 now they're going to be able to dictate their own fate. And I think that's the model that is going to be emulated more and more. Yeah, I think for you're better right. or worse. For better or worse. Yeah. But for me, if I can yeah. if I can watch all my Star Wars stuff and all my Marvel properties on demand, and all the subsidiaries and all the you know the vascularized series that come off of that, and if they throw in the Walking Dead and a couple other you know sci fi shows, I'll be deliriously happy with that outcome.
1: Yeah, I got you. I agree with you. Yep. I mean, if if, 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 if the they, if the cream rises, the problem is just. You know, people like us want access and are willing to pay for it, but if not enough people do that, we lose our access. That gets really frustrating.
0: So I I think the big moves are if you see some of the current online on-demand providers that are really established like Netflix or Hulu, if they start getting m into bigger megalopolises and uh, streamlined business models and access models, I think that will be a a very big canary in a coal mine. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, let's
1: see. Um, oh, and the—I the guess hell, what,
0: what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> no,
1: I, this is that no, no. This is that rich, uh, <laughs> smooth, and rich blended content that people come to expect from uh,
0: Monk <laughs> Robot <laughs> the, Kraken. Yeah, the the, uh, the rich and smooth vernacular <laughs> milieu that permeates a discussion that really makes it a well-rounded yes. fireside chat, watching is- the world burn. Which is also symbolically
1: <laughs> very similar to the three monkeys with their, the human centipede. But, um, uh, too, you know... Too, too, soon. too soon. Too soon. The, the one thing I was going to say about Comcast, the latest thing I read, um, and I haven't seen any background on this, but it's something that friend of the real uh, Mike Godorito uh, posted on uh, Facebook, was that uh, he, he wrote that uh, Comcast is trying to stock block the Disney merger. And I haven't seen any of that in the press, but if that's true... Huh. Like dickheads, right? I mean that makes sense that Comcast would do but, that. But, but can they? Do they have enough of a stake to do That's that? That's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if they did. But the thing is, I read something like
0: that and I and I can completely imagine that it's true. <laughs> so Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway. I, I can too, but I just I just don't know that they have the capity or the equity to really pull that off.
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. If they're just trying to if they're just trying to get in oh, just enough of a wedge Mm-hmm. To make it not work, even if they don't have any power in it, I don't
0: know. <clears throat> well, those know. board members, yeah,
1: no, that can be a really big problem. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not in in that kind of big business, and I don't really care uh, to know the details. So I don't really know which uh, board members have connections on which, with with which other entities. But it would be interesting to see who specifically is trying to sync it. Yeah, but anyway,
0: I can imagine I mean, a lot if they, of people if, are if they. If they f up the Star Wars Avengers crossover that we're planning for 2030, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> I
1: just
0: want that Krasinski. I just want that
1: Krasinski and Blunt Fantastic Four. You know. Yeah. There you go. Well, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of industry people that I really respect and I listen to that are vehemently opposed to the Disney merger because they just they just fear the and you know they just fear the 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 homogeneity that's going to come from everything coming from one content source. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that perspective, I guess. But on the other hand.
0: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, on, on the other hand, on the other hand, unlimited buying power mm-hmm. buys you a lot of creativity.
1: Yeah, yeah. It almost feels right? like it's this weird, weird, um, cheesy entertainment world cipher to the whole, um, uh, you know, social media and freedom of, it, of information passing from people kind of thing. You know, like. You know, f- people who love Facebook are like this is so great because everybody can you know, connect and everything else, and I can just diary all this personal information out there, and who cares? And oh, and then all of a sudden it's you know, oh my privacy rights. But take this quiz, you know. So the the same people that <laughs> oh are
0: wait re- oh wait I just elected a fascist.
1: Yes, uh- <laughs> but, yeah. My point is the same people that I read that are so vocally against the Disney merger because of what they think is going to happen that things will become uh, um, one voice, and then get tamed down or censored down because now there's no competition those are the same people who are ranting about that on Facebook or wherever about the about what's happening with all of your content your personal content channeling through one convenient source that can then burn you later they're still doing it though they're still using it
0: those people are still watching Avengers movies though too right well you know you know come under the big tent the light the lights are great the weather's fine you know the entertainment's spectacular. But don't look in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> if your tent has a basement, I've got bigger problems. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's a you know cyclone reference. Yeah, but the um, for your neck of the woods, the uh, yeah, it's it's we always have this this fear of Big Brother and the Orwellian nightmare, right? And uh, it pervades our our culture, at least in the, in America. But I, I, I get the response, but I will just say that look what they've been able to do so far oh yes and and, and it hasn't been a shit show no um,
1: a couple of other things I was going to mention in the uh, in our current little mini current events section um, did you see that they appear to be moving forward with trying to uh, produce an Eternals movie Marvel I did not okay that's do interesting you have, do you have any feelings about
0: the Eternals I like them a lot actually do you yeah huh I'm, I'm looking at what's going on with.
1: Well, they—I mean—they've greenlit um, the the script. They're working on the script anyway, and they're talking yeah. about that being—you know—some—you know—they're they're seeding the grounds for something for another option for them to work <laughs> it,
0: with. But is it is it because they fucked the mortals up, so the Inhumans up so badly that they feel like they well, got to do a reboot?
1: Well, and that's why I raised this because the Inhumans and the Eternals were Eternals were two products that Marvel yeah. was putting out. You know, right around the time when I was, you know, before I was old enough to read comics, but as I was coming into comics, it was these 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 carryovers from the 70s. It was all these attempts uh-huh. to do more, you know, post Kirby, just kind of get out, get these well, the, new franchises
0: out. Yeah, but it was but it was Kirby back in 1974 or yeah. 76 that put out the Eternals, right? The right, but that was one of his seminal pieces. Right? All of this is
1: is the is the Marvel space stuff, which is straight up Kirby. But Uh what I'm saying is by the time I was seeing those stories in late 70s, early 80s, I didn't understand, so I didn't appreciate, we've talked about this before on the podcast, I didn't Uh appreciate the design sensibilities and the concepts that Kirby was shopping to both big companies at that time. But also, by the time I was getting into stories that had the Inhumans and the Eternals in it, they weren't that great. I wasn't that interested in the characters. I didn't really like the stories too much. It just, it just struck me as really like uh, cloning of other things that I liked better. But what's interesting here is, if you look at those two properties, I think the Inhumans had a much, a much more um, uh, marketable look and concept uh-huh. to them. Uh-huh. And, and that Marvel IMAX deal, was it Fox, IMAX, whoever was all involved in that consortium of disaster, they fucked the Inhumans up so badly I so don't mad. even think I don't even think that they could do a, a switcheroo and recast and re and you know reposition that product. I think they need a long way. I don't. I think they they, they need so much time to distance themselves from that problem that the Eternals is their is their second chance, right? Yeah. If the Eternals works out, has a lot of the <clears throat> same concepts, they could always bring the Inhumans into it again.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why Flash Gordon never got remade, right? So the right. um yeah the uh, the, <laughs> the but I, if, if you're a cynic, and I am, I would say they're probably just trying to capitalize on the Thanos story mm-hmm, of the sure. Eternals and try and give the, the the you know, the, pre, the pre-Infinity the pre Gauntlet Thanos and try and give more depth to that arc. And there'd probably be, if I, if I were going to predict, I would say that's what they're going to be focused on. Like, how did Thanos come to be? And they gave this kind of lip service and Malthusian nightmare and overpopulation disaster. Um, it would be great to see what teacher taught him that fifty percent reduction was the key to <laughs> sustainability. All right, you're that skipping ahead. <laughs> but you're that, skipping that would be ahead. a good. I'd like to hear. I'd like to see that lesson and see it played out, you know, in really high rigor mathematics. The, um, so, he cared uh, no
1: more about um, uh, population reduction as a means of sustainability any more than others care about, uh, um, you know. Immigration and clean, clean coal, coal and yes, it's a lot of rhetoric to rationalize something else that you're doing. But okay, all right. Well, anyway, so eternal. I will
0: say say what is hopeful is that if they can, if they can do the eternal successful, they could do the deviants. Yes, would be which would be a very cool piece if they did it right. But I'm not convinced they can do it right given the atrocity that was put on our dining room tables with the Inhumans. You know, I never saw any of it.
1: I only wa- I saw the trailers enough to make to make me worry, and then I read about how bad it was going. And then I said, well, <laughs> like I started reading that I was doing uh, hate reading. You know, like I wasn't even hate viewing. I was just <laughs> I was reading the uh, I was reading the, the
0: recaps <laughs> and I didn't yeah. bother watching the show. So well, you, yeah, you, you, you suffered more than to me. To, no, you, you don't have to listen to Justin Bieber to know he sucks. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> Well, and
1: so I think that um the one the one way I think Eternals could be interesting is definitely if they go in the Guardians direction, not necessarily the humor, although I'm I'm fully in favor of the sort of post Ragnarok blending. Ragnarok was a good example of, well Guardians too, but Ragnarok especially was a good example of being loony and funny and very entertaining, but then also very exciting at the same time. It's a good yeah. it was a good heady mix and so I think I think that um, more so if they can go this route of just going batshit crazy with the, with the design. Kirby, pa- Kirby imagery painted on the yeah. walls and just really yeah. far out, a million different weird aliens and, and a whole bunch of cultural stuff going on that they don't even bother getting into and explaining. It's all stolen from Star Wars, but that, same, that whole mechanism, if they just run with it and they don't spend a lot of time trying to ground us in it and explain how it relates to Earth in any way, it's just we just get out there and, and get into a good story, it could work.
0: Yeah, it could. I, I just, I, I, just really hope they don't fall into the Ridley Scott debacle of, yeah, <laughs> totally whiffing on you know the the linkages between interstellar species and, and all I that. I agree. And the and the star seeding and all that. I, if they just sidestep that whole thing right. and just focus if focused on complementary synergistic storytelling that is impactful and humorous, I think it'd be a good bet. We need,
1: we need seasons one and two of Battlestar Galactica, and we don't need season, post Rider Strike season three,
0: trying to tie oh. everything back to things that didn't make... It. All right, so... Uh, the the, the, exi- <laughs> the existential ennui of the Cylons. I mean, it was great. It was great. I, I appreciate it as a plot vehicle, but... It was the last half of the third season that just... It, uh,
1: anyway, okay. Yeah. The other thing I was going to mention that's also um, somewhat controversial slash non-controversial if you care about things that really matter is uh, the reveal of the new... Th- <laughs> Thundercats? Did you see this? Yes! I'm so happy! Uh, see? So once again, you and me, and then everybody else is wrong. Yeah, of Un- course. Unfortunately, it appears to be everyone else. Like, I That's have fun. not talked to a single person that was... I haven't talked to Chris about it. I was hoping to do so today. So, but he flaked so terribly on us for all of his reasons. But, uh, you know, I what I thought was... The best thing I thought that I saw with this was... You know, people are ranting and whining about how it's not respectful of the of the action and the adventure and all this other stuff from the classics you know it's a typical uh, in my view um, nostalgic um, sentimentality about what people imagine it was compared to what it really yes. was but I yes. saw someone put together a whole thing and it's like you know yeah it's too bad they're not capturing the uh, the adventure and, and drama and you know the glory of the original and they put a bunch of screen caps together of just complete horseshit. And uh, from the original series, right? Idiots on the sort of flying surfboard,
0: and then you know whatever else. And... Well, it's like, just... it's like pe- people people that quibble over the remakes of Scooby Doo, like mm-hmm. oh you've lost the you've lost the emotional integrity of the Scooby Doo. Like, <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out of here! Like, <laughs> like when Batman was on, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think what it are looks great. Talking about anim- I do, too,
1: and it's- the animation style looks fun. Um, it's yeah. all chibi, all chibi, and and a little bit zany. It looks a little forthwell, at least in how they're presenting it now. Um, and I thought uh, I saw a behind-the-scenes little featurette thing, which you may have seen as well. That I, I, not, posted, no. I posted it to robot-kraken.com, which is an excellent entertainment uh, website for everyone to enjoy. I'd say it's easily top three. Top three easily, in the world. Easily top three. Um, uh, Pornhub, Al Jazeera, and then Robot Kraken.
0: That is a very interesting mix, my friend. You, yes. You have a lot of explaining to do. No. Nope. <laughs> so... Uh, this featurette, which you can get on the site in
1: the, uh, the director of animation and, and, and their crew talked about how much work they put into the opening credits. And they do this opening credit montage, which tells the entire story of the Thundercats up until that point, all Mm -hmm. just in this, you know, 30 seconds of zoom, frenetic action. And yeah. 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 And it's, and it's got a lot of really great, um, um, really great angles. And it's kind of zoomy in it. It's really fun. It has a lot of energy, and then at the end of it, it tells you everything. You know, it tells you everything you need to know to start with the new series. I think it looked great.
0: Yep. But, well, I'll tell you what. What, what I'm hoping that this sets stage for is, of course, Thunder the Barbarian.
1: <laughs> that. So that
0: whole collection that. of products, though, was bought by
1: someone, right? I know uh, yeah. all the Hanna Barbera saturday morning stuff someone bought it and was trying to combine it into a shared universe but i don't remember who it was
0: as you see it's going it's going great yeah it's (laughs) going really good yeah (laughs) wise business acumen there (laughs) yeah another another little just just a little shout out and r.i.p to the schoolhouse rock um creator passing away uh i remember bill frost too no No, that the guy who wrote and sang all the Schoolhouse Rock stuff passed oh, away really? like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and um, I just want to give a shout. out. Those were how I learned civics when I was <laughs> seven in Nebraska. That was that was you know how, how a, a bill became a how a bill, bill became
1: becomes a law. Yeah. Was how yeah, we, how we learned civics. And then the huh? Saturday Night Live ten to one or five to one ske- mm-hmm. sketch with Amy Poehler and, was how we learned how yeah, it really and, works.
0: And then the creepy alien, right? The, yeah. the number eight. Uh, so, I was a I was a big fan of say, the,
1: uh, yeah. the the healthy snack of the, the cheddar. Remember the the <laughs> cowboy that was teaching you to eat cheddar instead of like Cheetos or something? It's a wagon wheel. <laughs> Taught me to eat cheddar from the block. You know, I'm not sure
0: that worked out so well. But <laughs> well, you know, it's all relative. It's all relative. Well, but colon going back to is no, colon helps us measure it in many ways. Well, that's that's true.
1: Um, <laughs> No matter how you slice it and dice it, and if things get really bad, they will. Yeah. Anyway, um, it, it, I won't be satisfied until so Thundercats is its thing, and then Shira has a, a, a new release that's coming out that also they've only shown just a hint of it in a in a in a poster, but it looks like it's also fairly stylized and uh, not quite as chibi. But um, but I won't be satisfied until we get a new Silverhawks. Oh yeah. You know the the, the yeah. chrome the chrome cyber suits and the guy had that cowboy hat on, right? Yeah, come on. And 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 gender neutral everything. Yeah. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I was going to say before we move on is um, there was a trailer that was released right uh, the day I was leaving uh, for overseas. I saw it in the airport. Not the best venue, but um, the new Mission Impossible trailer uh, mm-hmm.
0: was released. Did you see it? Yes. No. No, I you know I gotta say. Every time I count, the cruiser down and out. He he pulls one back from the the crypt of the damned, and uh, Mission Impossible seems to be his sweet spot. Like that, that's his obviously his Bond equivalent, right? So, um, well, but he's got Macquarie and those guys just hit. They've hit a stride, so to speak. Yeah, It well, makes that, yeah, them that, very consistent, and I like it. Yeah, I, I actually I am actually very excited to see it. Because I, I really like the, the last movie, I thought uh-huh. it was the best of the bunch. Uh, I thought it it had all the elements that you want in that type of movie, and it was just a pleasure to watch. It was really well executed, well done. Plus, we found the, out that uh, we found out that
1: um, that his character can breathe under or he can hold his breath underwater for nine minutes. Well, yeah, you know, but that's just the gills. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I am trying to remember if that's, there was that Scientology man. Look yes, that's Scientology. <laughs> Yeah, he, he has he has crystals in his pockets. But so I was trying to think if there was any other um, project that I can remember where the behind the scenes um, spectacle was so was so um, prevalent in my mind that when I actually see the the end product, all I can see is what I read about. Because the crow, we knew that Brandon uh, Lee had died, died, and then you yeah. watch it, and and even though that was emerging technology at the time, you were still watching for how do they do this and how do they how they put his face on this and this? But, um, you know, it's it was so well documented how he shattered his ankle on that one jump. And then the fact that it's still in the movie and you see it even in the trailer and you see that
0: scene and all you're doing is looking at his foot. <laughs> you know? yeah. Can I see a flap? Can yeah. I see a pity It's a pity they didn't have Han Solo get hurt. Uh-huh. Uh, with the, the oh, foot coming yeah. down and breaking his leg. Oh, it right.
1: Right. Um yeah you're right that would've been a good a good call forward um yeah. Uh the the other takeaway I really enjoyed from it was that there was so much drama about uh Henry Cavill and his mustache. And you know oh, yeah. how like it, when fundamentally why does that char- character doesn't need a mustache, right? And like nope. this the fact is it, it was there and so therefore they were going to have this pissing contest over whether he was going to have to shave it. And then when you no, get him just- in and then you get him on on screen and he is he is the hulking You know, like just heavy mass cavil brute that you that we've never seen yet. And you see him just pushing people through walls and stuff. And he's got the mustache on. And I love it. (laughs) Like I love that it's there. (laughs) So I'm what even though Justice League was a total disaster on many levels and that was not a small part of it. I'm so glad it happened the way it did, because there's something just so amusing to me. It's almost like watching uh, Pedro, Pedro Pascal's character in Kingsman 2 with his crazy <laughs> facial hair and he's doing all this cool stuff. And it's like, because he looks wrong, makes it even better to me. I don't know.
0: Or, or the Big Lebowski with Jesus. Oh, of course. And the, and the ball sack. Right? Uh, you can't, d- you d- can't Jesus. look away. That's the Jesus.
1: <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, I really enjoyed it. I watched it twice. Once with sound, once without.
0: <laughs> As I want to do and uh, well, I'm looking you, forward to you, you it. You could come up with a better narrative in your head yeah. than the one that's there. Yeah, well, sure. the, the ultimate irony would be if the, the new MI flick does better than Justice League, yeah. that no. would be the ultimate little DC double penetration move. Kind of and,
1: and and in uh, it's tri- Triple Monkey, uh, Human Centipede. And yeah. third act, they band, because they band together, of course, in the third act, whatever, to do whatever, and because they
0: have to lay low... Cavill shaves the mustache. That would yes. be the best. That would be the absolute best. As a part of a delousing <laughs> in prison scene. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is Tom from Third Rail Design Lab. I have a question for you. You like going to comic, comic cons and comic conventions and fan conventions and cosplay conventions. You like those? You know what sucks? When you go, you don't have anything to carry your stuff around with you, with you. Does that make sense? You don't have a bag. You don't have a, a tube or whatever is necessary to protect your sweet goods that you've purchased. And as a result, maybe, sometimes, you just don't get the things you really wanted because you were afraid you're going to damage it. I know cosplayers feel that way. Every time they put their stuff down, someone takes a photo, and someone backs in and steps all over the, their, their goods and destroys them. It's not good, right? Well, or maybe, sometimes, you go to the show... And you have a set budget. And then you exceed that budget. You can't buy all the sweet stuff you loved. Either way, I have good news for you. You go to thirdraildesignlab.com today. You will find all of the sweet prints that I have at the shows. As well as the books that I bring. Even opportunities to commission me. For private or especially awesome unique art that you want. You can get all that on the website. So even if you didn't get it at the show... All is not lost. You can still pick it up today at thirdraildesignlab.com. Please do so. Support the site. Support the artist. Don't worry about Deeply Dapper, but definitely try Third Rail. Okay,
0: bye. I'm Peter, by the way. Thoughts are strange. Oh, I'm using your made-up names. Then I am Spider-Man.
1: So I think it's time for the main event. And you know what that means a sweet robots review oh. no, no. <laughs> a sweet oh sweet lord a sweet robots review of a movie we saw we talked about this only for about 18 months and it was almost uh, i almost felt pressure walking <clears throat> in like the you know it's it was the opposite of you know low low expectations just see how it goes we just already assumed it had to be amazing and in a sense there was a part of me that felt like this is doomed to fail only because it could never achieve everything that we want it to so my question yeah. for you is, Avengers: Infinity War, did it blend? I, I thought it, it exceeded blend. I thought it was phantasmic. All right, so tell me about your experience. When did when did you go, and how did
0: you see it, and what was it like? Well, you were there, so yeah, I want you to. Tell me. <laughs> I'm giving you the lead in. I get the lead in. sorry, I was like master of the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> The um we we went to the grand old uh, Metreon and uh down in downtown San Francisco and we went with a good friend of ours, Khalil. Yes. Hi Khalil, if you're listening. And um we had middle seats like the uh, sick back. And we we didn't get there exceptionally early. You guys had met up and done some uh, adult beverage intake it came in cold. Um and uh, walked in the theater, and it was packed. You could, I, I felt that there was uh, some uh, excitement in the air to say this. <laughs> <it was. laughs> and you very nearly didn't make it. I very nearly didn't make it, but I did. But I did. Yeah. So we and went to
1: the we went to the local the little Irish pub um, beforehand, and I hadn't eaten anything, and and he had, but I so he had uh, just uh, li- liquid liquid courage for the movie. And uh, I had a delicious Reuben as well as a beer, so I mean, I thought at that point, you know, they could just cut the power, and and I would still be like, well, at least I at least I had a wonderful evening because I had that Reuben, and then I got the Reuben yep. plus in- Infinity Wars. <laughs> That's how my life is measured, man. <laughs> but anyway, you That's rolled up right I'm as awesome. it, yeah, you rolled up right as it was time to. I mean, we were outside waiting for you, and then you rolled up just in time, sort of rolled, staggered up, up and then we
0: went right in, yeah. Yeah, it was great. It worked. The timing went perfect. Uh, yeah. no fanfare, no nothing. We just sat down and uh, lights, camera, action. Yeah, that's right. Um,
1: so, uh, so your takeaway is interesting. We 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 originally thought about maybe trying to do um, immediate reaction recording yep. after this when we thought yep. we could do that and we didn't do it but now it's been a few weeks it's been what like yep. almost three and a half weeks
0: or something since we did that i don't know yeah it's, it's, it's been on almost a month now yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay so it's been almost a month so we are the 20 are, the 27th right the yeah 27th when it opened so right we're
1: we're we are just uh, timely and current as we always are on robot Kraken. so first hey, to see it yeah. last to talk about it <laughs> no no we, we don't need to be first we just yes. need to be best. We need the best yes but yep. But the second option is (laughs) we just have to be there. So anyway, uh, so it's interesting to think about this. We had a lot of – we talked about it a bit um, right afterwards, and then I thought a ton about it for the next week. And it's interesting now to talk about it almost a month later. We've had other things come and go since then. We've had a lot of activity in our our real lives. And thinking back on the experience, I'm trying to figure out – if I feel the same way about it now that I did when we left, but what was your? Hmm. How do you feel about it now versus when you walked out?
0: Well, I mean, when I walked out, I was gobsmacked. Yes, you right? were. Right, I mean, it, it, it was it was just an in, that was one of the most intense movie experiences that I've had in a while. Now, yeah. that said, we, we saw the Isle of Dogs, and I ah. I, walked and that, I walked I walked out of that. Basically near tears. Okay, so the, uh, we need to talk about that at the end because uh, yeah, I've only been I, yeah. I've been mentioning that like three or four sessions, and now we get to actually talk about it. But go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. But but I mean it, it was uh <clears throat> it was a spectacle. It was hyped to be. I thought it uh, maintained a lot of coherence, and there were there were obviously some things that kind of got loosey goosey there that we'll talk about later. But yeah. overall, it was just um, the the scope of it. Yeah. And the the breadth of the events that it encapsulated and the stories it <clears> told and still ma- and still maintained truth to all the character development they've been doing over the past 10 years. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And the, right? And the fact that they were able to pull that off in such a frenetic but coherent way. And and there there were there were a lot of criticisms that it, it wasn't coherent. I didn't find it to be incoherent at all. Um well, you know, I mean, it's it was just—it I mean, was just—it was just the culmination of ten years of of like it's like if you did ten years of Toastmasters and networking, yeah, and, and then, it, then you had and the big event. Then had the big event, and it and it, and it paid off. Yeah, right. it definitely had to me. It had the vibe of,
1: um, well, it, to some degree, it had the vibe of a lot of the major events in your life—not necessarily like your wedding or your childbirth, but like the other kinds of things like. Like you know, your 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 senior prom maybe for a lot of people, or like the your, your high school graduation, or you know, some those big those big watershed moments that are broadcast to you enough in advance that you have an expectation about it, and it's not like it's well, this is suddenly going to happen. It's like you're, you're you're plotting, you're planning for it. It's a thing that's mm-hmm. happened. The trajectory is already set, and you're just working your way towards it until it finally happens. But it had that sense because not only was it you know ten years of what felt like. 30 years of Marvel movies. But, you know, uh-huh. it's all culminating in this. But then you also had the media, the discussion about it that went on for a year. And then you had the media gauntlet approaching it. Uh-huh. And so it was uh-huh. sort of like you walk into it and you're like, well, nothing... In my mind, I was like, nothing can ever match expectation when it's reached that peak. And so my my uh-huh. attitude walking in was, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just Probably. has to be entertaining. Because, it, because the only way that movie... I still contend we did our little thing beforehand about what movies we, we were going to watch prior to watching Infinity War and we've talked before uh-huh. about our favorites of the series and I still think something like I still think one of the reasons Winter Soldiers is, is remains at the top of my list is that we came in even with the background knowledge about some of the storyline and everything else we came into Winter Soldier with a lot of the details murky uh-huh, and it uh-huh. and it unveiled itself as a story as a type of story as a mood an urgency and then as big reveal impacts you know things that really had a meaningful impact in their world with the hydra thing uh-huh. it was all just in your face like holy shit i can't believe this is happening right exactly. and every major and every major one since then a combination of media blitz that we can't get away from and our awareness of what's happening in the script even civil war civil war was incredible and mm-hmm. it had plenty of reveals that we didn't know were going to happen. But you still you went into Civil War knowing ultimately the big picture what, what it's going to be like. And it's, Infinity War is the same way. They had they yeah. made they were so they were so intent on making sure that <sighs> a, average Marvel you know sort of you know people who go see superhero movie type Marvel fans would be armed enough to understand the basics because they were not going to waste time with a bunch of backstory and
0: exposition about what was happening. They just wanted to get right well- into it. Yeah, no. They didn't have time. They had ten yeah. years of backstory. Yeah, and, and if you and if you if you didn't watch <clears throat> if you didn't watch the ten years of backstory, well, that's on you. Well, look, yeah, when, but look, but that's my when, point. When, they, we st- when we start, it, it, we're rolling, baby. Yeah. That's it. Go. But
1: that's my my thing. The, the media blitz <clears throat> on that movie, and the the featurettes and the discussions and everything else in the mainstream culture uh, discussions leading up to it was so much that there was just so much surprise you could get out of it. You know, like I mean and we'll talk about that in, in, in the back half of this. I mean, yes, they did things a little differently than I thought maybe were gonna happen, but, but yeah, the but broad was strokes it, was that what was in the tin
0: was on the label, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but I will say that they still maintained it because I, I went we both went kind of yeah. silent running on it and yeah, we tried. We didn't see it on opening night. Yeah. But but the but the big surprises were still surprises and they were yeah. still very powerful. Yeah. Right? I mean that 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 like like some of them were just what the <laughs> right um and so it it to me it was it was like the perfect payoff pitch it was like a full yeah. count bottom of the ninth and yeah and they and they, and they got the job done and I, know, didn't the, go, the I didn't go i didn't go buy beers and 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 jinx the team to lose the playoff yeah. to go right well we didn't we didn't come in with you know a flask of gin and juice and you know pass out before the third act <laughs> that's right the, um the the only other movie experience that I can point to that had a completely opposite feel to it was at the end of it, was the lead up to the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Right. 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 I mean, the, that kind of seminal movie moment that this is the thing that <clears throat> we've been waiting for, and it's yep. built up, and we finally there. get another stat <sighs> of Star Wars. Right. And you and go then... in, and it's a turd pie. Yeah. Right. It's. This is an. I know. We, I know. We have disagreements on that, but. <laughs> to me, it was not necessarily. To me, it was just. To me, it was very anticlimactic. This one was not anticlimactic. You, sure. you came out of it feeling like all that investment of doing the time and seeing these things and being a fan for ten years, you actually got rewarded as opposed uh-huh. to punished for it. I, yeah, I and, think so too. I think, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, but but yeah, and you know, I think I guess that that there was this. Um, I had this sense of sort of droning inevitability as as we entered into it and throughout the whole film there was no doubt in my mind that either he was going to succeed or there was going to be scorched earth in the process of trying to stop him so it reminded me a lot of watching a movie about the Civil War or Pearl Harbor not that Pearl Harbor movie but you know what I mean a movie about some major um, you know world shattering Event that we have understood over time to be having all these far reaching implications and then and then watching a movie with players at the beginning of it going, you know, do you hear planes? You know, that's how that movie felt when we went in. It's sort of like, you know how this ends. So it was about just seeing how 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 badly it falls apart as they go, you know, um, yeah. Well, so, I, I don't know. In that sense, I, I was trying to imagine seeing this movie without any knowledge of what it was. And there, I wish there was a world in which I could have come into Infinity War, loving all the Marvel movies that we'd seen and, and, and following along, but having complete radio The way they are with Avengers 4 right now, where there's total radio silence on what it is. We don't really know. We have theories. I would have loved Infinity War to have been that. Imagine if they had not broadcast Thanos at the end of every single Marvel stinger or whatever for the last five years, and imagine if, mm-hmm. and imagine if there was a complete media blackout and we knew nothing about it. And I f- and and we should talk about this at the end of it because what they do as they prepare for the media onslaught of Avengers Four is going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. How they handle the 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 fourth wall of knowing how things are made and who's involved <laughs> with things versus what the story is supposed to
0: what mystery is supposed to be in the story. Well, I kind of I kind of hope they go. I hope they go rogue on it I hope they go yeah. total lockdown and they say and they're yeah. and they and they're able to pull it off
1: yeah I mean most likely it's going to be more like a Rat Pack pr- promo so you know they're all going to be standing there with, with cocktails saying you love the picture you know
0: <laughs> but, but what But what if the promo was just the, you know silence like yeah. going over a field or something or, or going to yeah. the ruins of the city scanning up and then like going up to the sky and then just Avengers 4 and that's it yeah, well, yeah, right. That's it. Or, or just focusing on Thanos when he's looking at the sunset, sure. and there's kind of panoramic scan of that, and then that's it. I mean, what if they really went full cojone and and didn't do anything that had anything to do on the on the trailers or anything else? Nothing. Oh, sure. On the content, and that's and that what that I wish. I,
1: that's what I wish I could have gone into this as if I didn't know that they were going to do the Infinity War story, particularly if I didn't know anything about the comics, and I went into this movie cold. I think I just would have had my jaw would have been on the floor the whole time. And I hope yeah. somehow we get a taste of that in, in Avengers 4. And in a sense, I don't think there's ever been a movie that was armed to have a, a complete uh, media blackout prior to its release. Because that's so, this is a business and that's so risky for them. They need to maximize, the executives would maximize the churning of content, getting it out there to just saturate people to make them go see it. You know what I mean? So for me, even like Star Wars movies, there's nothing that they could, that would be so, um, likely to survive having zero marketing before it released, than the next Avengers movie. And they're going to have two movies leading up in between that are, are, are backfilling that story. Right.
0: Well, and I think that that's where it'll be really interesting to see how they uh, captain Marvel in particular, or maybe yeah. even Ant-Man moreover that, yeah. Um, the I think they're to both see. gonna be critical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I think right, we've already we've already expounded upon some ideas of it, but we should probably go through the movie and then we can yeah, talk yeah. about you know what's next.
1: Alright, so uh how do how do you wanna how do you wanna break this into bite-sized pieces?
0: Yeah, it's kinda hard when you're dealing with a, a pizza the size of a football field.
1: <laughs> uh, yummy. <laughs>
0: oh, I love that. I love that image. I'd eat that.
1: <laughs> it's like I told you before when I was growing up that book about the mouse and the moon is made of cheese and the mouse is like yep. carving his way through and that to me was a fantasy <laughs> that was like <laughs> that was a surrealist fantasy oh I'd eat my way through <laughs> I do like my cheese man
0: anyway all right well, so you know, we can break it down with the major plot lines we can do it by the major pairings the, the crossover scenes because I, I will say that the thing that I appreciated the most about this movie out of, out of several things is how they took all these pillars of the Marvel universe and brought them together. Yeah. and they were for the most part, they're able to make it pretty pretty compelling. Why don't you why don't you drive and, and do it roughly plot based and then that way that'll lead us into talking about some of those pairings? Okay. So we the the first major plot element is how the uh, Thanos recovers the power stone from the planet Jandar yep. and it introduces his, his lieutenants um, in intercepting the spaceship uh, that made it through after Thor Ragnarok, right? Um, and uh, of course, we get the little first, the first little surprise, uh, of flash that spoilers. By the top. way, total spoilers. Yeah, spoilers everything total really spoilers. spoilers. So yeah, just if you're watching, if you're listening yeah. to this, and you haven't seen the movie, just stop. Yeah. Um, and then, as they get the space stone from this Tesseract, uh, the Thanos knocks the crud out of Thor. Uh, really does a really good smash-up job on the Hulk, which. Which I didn't actually think was going to be that simple, but they really portrayed it like, yes, no problem. They wiped Uh, it, and yeah, and of course Loki gets axed.
1: (laughs) Well, and so a couple of things that were interesting in that scene to me was one, um, they were really trying to, I think they were really trying to highlight the difference between a between two types of incredibly powerful, physically imposing fighters, one being a rage a rage fighter like Hulk and like Wolverine. And one being a, an incredibly powerful but trained tactical fighter. And I think mm-hmm. they were trying to show that, and they were doing it in a way that I actually appreciated, which was they didn't give Thanos martial arts. Like, everything has – everybody knows Krog, Krog Maga now. You know what I mean? Like, everything is going to be yeah. these super killer moves. And they didn't do that with Thanos. He never, had to, he never had to refine himself to the point where he was doing all these signature kills and all this. It yeah. was just step away. You know, a little kind of jiu-jitsu kind of thing, like move away out of, the, out of the way of certain types of attacks and then block other things and then smash things around. It, it was interesting to watch the, the, the way that they fought and how much Hulk's ass was handed to him because he was, uh, he was the... He had never been challenged. He had never been faced with something that could, could be his match and he's never had that- to be better.
0: I would say not not only his match, because I would put forward the Thor, as we saw in Thor Ragnarok, yeah. Thor Hulk going at yeah. it and in the first Avengers, yeah. right, the the right. only two that had a shot of reaching parody right. and that was the Hulk and Thor. Right. And then and then Thanos comes in and, and just mops the floor with both of them. And yep. especially that Thor had just discovered that he's not the god of hammers, he's right. the god of thunder. And you know, right. his his reborn um, belief in himself as a, a standalone, you know, juggernaut. And Thanos just comes in and just Mike Tyson's both of them. Yeah, just just Absolutely. just just, just. And, and I think but but I think the biggest awakening was the Hulk because he had never been right. out just just out Hulk. Right? Well, I mean, he just got yeah. he just got smashed. If, well <laughs> it wasn't, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't Hulk smash it was yeah. Hulk smashed,
1: yeah, right and there's <laughs> and you know we, we come to these, especially between editing and what individual actors think is, their perspectives are and what the writers say that their intentions were, but you know everybody kind of you know takes away something different from these things, but I definitely got from the story that Hulk was slapped so hard that he lost his confidence that he was like being like a kid and was like forget it if i can't win i'm not playing kind of thing and what? was and but they but they've there at least one writer and Ruffalo both have claimed that it was about hulk was like i'm tired of sacrificing myself for banner banner why don't you go deal with things for a change but the problem i have with that logic is i think hulk even in his two two year old's brain knows that if banner gets killed hulk is killed.
0: So I'm not positive that I follow that logic either. Yeah, but but I, but I also think. Well, and maybe we'll get to this at the end. Um, I, I think there could be something more complex to it. Yeah. Right. That that I I think you know we may find out that because because I keep remembering this image of Hulk wearing the Infinity Gauntlet, right? Right. And and maybe this is. I don't want to get into the, the, the what maybe thing, but I, I agree that yeah, you do. The, the, the easy trope, the easy plot line is to say Hulk just got scared for the first time right. in his life. He, would, he couldn't smash his way out of it. Right. He didn't know how to deal with it, so he ran away. Right? right, right? Like, like a bully. The first time the bully right. you know, gets, gets his nose broken, he, he poops his pants and runs off to, to mommy. Um, that, because it's not know, that he hasn't been defeated before. before. He hasn't. It's not no. that he hasn't been defeated before. Certainly, it's that he has been. It's been never been so one sided for him. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't defeated. It was a good old fashioned ass kicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That, that no one has ever just just mopped the floor with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Then the, you... the, Loki. I just keep going back to Loki in, in Ragnarok where uh, Hulk does that to Thor. You know, plops him around like a rag doll. It's the yeah. first time Hulk was ever treated like a rag doll. <laughs> yeah, yep,
1: yeah, yep. Yeah. There was, um, yeah, there was quite a bit of parallel there too, wasn't it? <laughs> he had done that to two two Asgardian gods, and now it was happening to him. Um, yeah. What was your takeaway about uh, Loki's um, logic? His what was his? What do you think his uh, his strategy was in that scene? Because it seemed like no, a, I, I, it seemed if, if he's looking at Thor being whooped and Hulk being whooped and the Asgardian ship being decimated except for those that escaped and the guy's got all of his... I mean, it's just a hopeless scenario for Loki to think that he could get close and do a knife attack. I don't know. I mean, certainly people tried to do knife attacks later in the movie, but I'm just wondering, do you think that Loki really thought... Do you think that Loki really thought that he had a chance? Or do you think Loki was looking at it as... Uh, you know I'm doomed either way so I'm just going to see what happens or do you think that Loki actually believed that he was immortal like this is never going to stick because remember the Asgardians are trained to believe that Ragnarok is going to you know reincarnate them no matter what there's always that sense that death is not death for the Asgardians so I wondered, I just kind of wondered if he how he felt about the stakes and whether when he finally did get his neck snapped in that moment, whether he's like, "Oh crap,"
0: <laughs> well, but but I, th- I think that there, there's one flaw in the thing about the Asgardian is that he's not an Asgardian. Well, he's well, he's half. Oh no, he's good no half. But blood by blood by blood, he's a troll. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hold right and yeah. uh, right and so I yeah I still don't believe that he's, he's dead. dead.
1: Yeah. I, I well, mean, that's going to be thing. that's going to be part of the big thing on this at the end of this conversation is you know right. what. What are they going to roll back and what are they not but yeah I mean he I mean he's definitely first the first one of the first to go yeah he was the first to go right because
0: Heindel was out. Oh, no he was the first to go but but yeah. I will say that the, the, the way in which it was done yeah and the, the brutality and the finality of it yeah. was unlike anything we had seen with any of his death scenes before
1: yeah and they made right? a point in one scene they managed to swipe to clear the deck of two major pieces on the board the Hulk is the best there is, and Loki is is Marvel's most valuable villain. All right?
0: right? just took and, him out and, of and once. It, right. And I think it's at the stage very early on that uh, this uh, this Thanos character and and the tide that he's riding yeah. is, is going to break everyone. Yeah, right. Right? right? Like, like, this is... There's not going to be some... I mean, it's at the stage very early on that there's not going to be some heroic final battle that they're going to pull it out of their butt and, yeah. and win the day. Yeah. Right? It, it, it set the stage early on that this... <laughs> It's like shit just shit just got real, people.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's like the it's like the uh, the uh, disaster porn movie where the White House gets blown up, but you don't have a Michael Bay response at the end. Right, (laughs) right.
0: right. It's like it's like Independence Day when the Earth just gets you know split in two, and like yeah, that's it. Um, But you know, I I find it interesting. And again, it's do you view this as a, a self contained object or part of an or a part of a really longer arc, and i I hear you that, especially taken with, with Thor Ragnarok, where Loki has cheated death so many times and yeah. he's never really held accountable even when he he shows up and does the right thing it's not because he wants to do it it 's just because it's the the easiest way to achieve slime status right and uh, it, it's not even like um scourge at the end of uh, Ragnarok where he's like he has that redemptive moment and and jumps in and gets you know. Acts, you know, saving the ship. Right. Um, he's never really had an act of nobility, so I don't think that Loki was doing this for nobility. Right. Uh, or martyrdom. I think he thought he'd be able to sleaze his way out of it. If in fact he is dead, right. Uh, he was able to. He was going to be able to pull something out at the end. Of, he, he's the trickster. Right. You know, the god of mischief. He'd be able to come up with something that would save his bacon. Uh, but it ended up on a on a Big Mac, and <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. Right. So so then we get Heimdall getting uh, skewered.
0: And the most interesting thing is that he doesn't save anybody else but Hulk. Right. He didn't he send sends, Thor. He, right. So that, see, th- this is where the, the wheels started turning about uh-huh. why that happened and, and what happened in transit with Banner. Because we've also found out... That um, during transit, a lot of stuff can happen. It's not instantaneous. There's there's a continuum there. There are events right. there that, that we haven't transpire.
2: seen. Right,
0: right. And and it was just okay. Hulk gone. The Hulk shows up, and Banner shows up on Earth, and we and there's no right. context of the intervening time. And as we as we found out several times, that there's a lot of stuff that can right. go on right. right when it's going through the passage. It's a right. really good point. The choice to send Hulk and not Thor, or not both of them. Right. Because you can't send both of them right so it it, it I, and I think that was the in hindsight you're talking about the reaction yeah. after you do the postmortem. I think it's even more of a deliberate act that will be keyed in in a very specific way mm. maybe maybe that, that's my kind of pet theory it's all about not giving me the the gray hope that I wanted well maybe I mean <laughs> uh, the, the, you know there's a lot of stuff that could happen that's in the right. course of a, and uh but, but right. I just thought I thought it was telling that that, that that was a gap that they didn't fill. Yeah, I
1: agree. So what's next? The Sanctum Sanctorum, right? You know, I always say Sanctum Sanctorum in my mind from childhood. Just I, always like, think, I always think, I, I just think Rick Santorum. Yeah, <laughs> just like Strange is always supposed to have a British accent for me. Yeah, uh. yeah
0: and so this is yeah exactly. Um, um, but this yeah, it's so preposterous. Um, But this this is one of those first crossovers that I thought worked amazingly well, just as well as Strange and Thor did, right? Yeah. So so why why don't you take us through that piece?
1: Well, so we have Banner crashing through the Sanctum Sanctorum, and Doctor Strange and Wong interact with him, and he starts talking about Thanos, and they bring in Tony Stark, And you have this incredible exchange between... This is the beginning of a a series of exchanges between Strange and Stark, where, you know, it it wasn't enough that Doctor Strange is the next generation Stark to begin with. But Stark has finally met someone... Well, he met two different people in this movie who had bigger egos than him. But this one, you know, one of them is just brash and arrogant. This one, you know,
0: (laughs) really doesn't take Stark seriously. And it was incredible dialogue. Yeah, and 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 is just as big an asshole as Tony is. Like he oh, like, absolutely. Uh, like he, he at he out assholed Tony. It's yeah, was absolutely great. Yeah, it's the first time that Tony been at out at asshole, just like the the Hulk is the first time been out holed
1: Yeah, <laughs> and so here we have the if I'm if I'm remembering this right, this is the first. Let's see. No, this is the only. This was the only Terran scene. In the movie, right? Did they go back? No, yeah, we're
0: never. Terrence. <clears throat> yeah, it's from Wakanda. Oh yeah, right. Wakanda. We'll okay, so this is the the this is right. the first. This yeah, is and the and only the New York. The theory, so. and, yeah. Then the no, the no. Theory. So
1: that's my point. So that's what I want to what I'm trying to get at is, this is the the new New York, for, the U S. and for the Western world, the yeah. ship appears. Peter Parker sees it, jumps you know out of his his bus and goes and checks it out, and. Uh, and we have this, this initial battle between um, the heroes that have been organized and then Maw and Obsidian from the uh, Black yeah. Order. And it's incredible. What yeah. an incredible they're, 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 series they're,
0: they're, of... They get the time stone from Strange, right? Yeah.
1: Well, they tried, right? Yeah. And then the ship is... The ship takes off, and uh, Stark goes to pursue it, and then uh, Spider-Man hops on, And now they're off into space leaving uh, Banner to contact Steve Rogers and Wong to stay behind to guard the sanctum, right? Uh Uh Uh, What a great way of getting people into space and to make that bridge between the story on Earth that we've seen so many times and the bigger tableau of this movie, which is everything that's happening everywhere else but Earth, right? And yes, we come back to the... To the shit to bed that was the Wakanda scene. But in that moment, though, this is the big thing where in North America, cars are being thrown around. There's a big bad and a giant ship and all this stuff's happening, which is really important relative to the stinger of the movie.
0: Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Anyway, so um,
1: but reasonable... But it's also
0: important. Yeah. it was also important because it introduced uh, a spider suit that could exist yes. in... Outer space. Well, sure, and, but I mean, it was a good.
1: It was get, a reasonable yeah. excuse to get
0: them someone like Spider-Man into space, yeah. which is yeah, hard. It's a hard they, plot. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, I, I think they pulled it off very well. And it was that, it was that big plot divide where you basically have the battle on Earth for everything and the battle everywhere else for everything. Right. Right. So it was it was the it was the it was the cosmos as a continuum of the plot vehicle. Yep. Uh, in kind of a simplistic way, but I, I just I just loved. I had a I, I had to chuckle quite a bit that Spidey had to still basically climb into the wheel well of the <laughs> yeah. spaceship. I, that, that, yeah. that, that old trope of oh I'm just going to get in, yeah. you know, hang on the tire <laughs> yeah. and climb up and go in.
1: It was really uh, um, <laughs>
0: well. I remember
1: in uh, Winter Soldier when the uh, helicar they're fighting around on the top of the helicarriers, which are pretty low to the ground. But how, how much they made me feel like holy shit those guys are on the edge of these really uh, you know constantly tilting smooth surfaces and are gonna like hurl off the edge like it was felt very very risky they did a really great job of of that um, of that trope of being attached to a rocket that's heading out into the atmosphere like it was it felt legit when he was climbing onto that like okay you know it's the dog that caught the bumper right. The dog yeah, caught the, the dog car, the and now didn't, know what, and know, didn't know what to do with it, right? Yeah, but it's a but it's a uh, you know, but it's a fundamental problem in these kinds of stories. How do you match up the big players with the little players? How do you yeah. put someone like Spider-Man, like in Secret Wars in the comics, it was you know magically transporting you know Brooklyn type fighters to an alien planet to fight and so there there you go that's how we have someone like Spider-Man or the wrecking crew fighting on an yeah, alien it's a, world It's just how many
0: dominate it happened yeah. but
1: yeah. this was but to me this was compelling because they put Spider-Man they took Spider-Man out of out of the hood and put him in a space scenario and they specifically did it out of will he chose mm-hmm. to do it he chose it was one of many times in this movie that he proved himself to be the the spiritual the, sort of like the next generation spiritual um, uh, manifestation of all the things that these guys have always claimed that they wanted to be but kind of really weren't like there's a lot of other politics going on in the Avengers and why they're doing what they're doing and these big end games that Stark's always worried about and everything that he's always been afraid of of that kid getting into too much and getting hurt well look what he's proving time and time again in this movie that he's going to go and risk himself he's going to do something that he thinks is right even at
0: great risk to himself Amazing, but, but, right? But but isn't that the story of every parent child? Oh, absolutely, right? The, absolutely. You try to protect it, and the more you protect them, the worse it is when they first when they first get exposed <laughs> to reality. And and but I I do like how they, the, to me, how they maintain the heroic naivete yes. of Peter Parker in a way that that made made it even more wrenching. Yeah, <laughs> right? absolutely. Yeah, and, and, well, especially, and yeah. especially the relationship between Tony and Peter, yeah. it, it really deepened it in a way that you know Spider-Man: Homecoming kind of built the foundation for it. But it, you 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 really understood that Tony was viewing this as, as not just a, a ward, for lack of a better word, but but this was his kind of parental responsibility to keep this kid safe. Right. And, and right. And,
1: yeah. And that failure, or that the perception of him having. Going astray, it brings home all of Stark's issues, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, the, he's the walking embodiment of all the stuff that Stark stays awake at night thinking that he didn't do right, right? All this mm-hmm. hubris comes falling, falling down about that. I also like the fact that in the comics, you know, Spider-Man's always been thrown into these wild situations. You put Spider-Man up against Galactus, and Spider-Man just says, okay, starts making jokes. And in this case, yeah. you put Spider-Man in this incredibly... Otherworldly. He's never seen anything like that. I mean, he's seen a video of Chatari in New York, but, you know, facing. Yeah. So he understands there's life outside of Earth. But to be faced in this environment and just be thrust into this, you got his bravado and his forced bravado and also his just sort of natural reaction to things.
0: But you also got the sense that he's still going, oh, my God. <laughs> well, no, like. Like what what the fuck am I doing here and, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and sometimes when you do the right thing, you end up in the worst of possible circumstances yes. and and what I also like is that not only was it that he found out that there are aliens in a very real way, but there's also magic there's also yeah. you know, all these other things happening, and so basically his entire teenage world and all these yeah. things that he idolized when they actually become real, like it's it's like fright night yeah. to me, when, they, right. when they actually find out, oh vampires are real, oh my God. And, <laughs> yeah. and and right, and, and all these things that he fantasized about are real, and they're way worse than he <laughs> ever dreamed of. That um, well, a, there's and, a, there's a
1: taste of it that's like you know the the teenage soldiers, child soldiers going off to war in 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 the in the great wars, and also the the children. I mean, that's the best example. I mean, there's child soldiers all over the world, but. In the Great War you had kids who had normal normal lives who were being educated and came from all walks of life who were just living their 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 normal lives and then they were thrust into this world where you're never gonna come back from that. You're never gonna come um, back to feeling like this that test matters or feeding the pigs on time matters or any of that stuff
0: because of the things well, you've seen. Right. But the only, thing, the only thing that matters is dying for the yeah. cause that you're told to believe in. Yeah, right. Any so to believe in Yeah. But, so, but, yeah. Sorry. So that
1: that was one of my but,
0: best. That was one of
1: my favorite segments of the film. Was that whole sequence?
0: Yeah. But uh, but uh, I, I also don't overlook the 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 impact of Strange being overwhelmed. Right. Well, and, he was. And, yes.
1: Yes. Right. He was slapped, and, but he did have an enchantment that held, which was interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, it was, but but it was, it again, it was these these folks in strange in particular who thought that nothing could ever touch him right right, right. he was very and, confident and he, <laughs> right right so so again we had we had this string of heroes that had never really been dealt a loss yep. in a very hard way and and <laughs> yeah exactly Right. Well,
1: well, as a typical American, when I said earlier that this was the only Terran scene, <laughs> because I was excluding anything that happened outside of the United States. But uh, I forgot that we, we moved right into the next scene, which was probably one of my least favorites, which was the takedown of uh, Wanda and the Vision. In
0: Scotland. Uh, in Scotland.
1: In I, Scotland.
0: I, just, I
1: couldn't wrap my head around the fact that they decided to shoot that whole thing at night. And in a gloomy way. It, it, they didn't even use like I was I kept expecting them to use things like there's someone's going to start a fire or there's going to be some other thing happening that's going to create more brilliance in the scene but there really wasn't there was a yeah. lot of just shadowy figures falling down roofs roofs and things
0: yeah i th- i thought it was i thought they were trying to do like a tr- uh, a throwback or a shout out to the film noir yeah
1: it really but had a different I, taste to it yeah
0: yeah it, it kind of felt like uh you know what we always laugh about with the Zach and Josh split films that, yeah. Um, yeah. Certainly, we're, we're we're you know Scotland Yard, you know, kind of yeah, yeah, element of it, and evil's looking around the corners. And oh, was that the Hound of the Baskervilles? Like, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, I really like the um, I really like the the Black Order. So I enjoyed the yeah. combat between Midnight and with Midnight and Glaive and then and then the others, yeah. and and then the caps cap secret team showing up. But um,
0: okay. I, I, I do I do want to just highlight that I think the 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 weakest intercharacter plot development here was the whole Vision Scarlet thing. Everything that I you just, asked
1: about last time that you really wanted to see develop. Yeah, that was on your list.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, was on, there was that was that was on my, that was on my list, and it was just.
1: Uh, they threw it in. Yeah. They threw it into into uh, Carlito's way territory. You know, they just keep reeling him right. back in. They just wanted to escape and have their love affair. It was like, interesting like, though that they had this Romeo and Juliet, like yeah, like see like, like... so, a yeah, star-crossed lovers. Well, they they had this thing where they were taking <laughs> taking secret secret vacations and time off to be with each other or whatever. And I don't know. Yeah, well, use secret to one side anyway. And I don't know. It just it, tonally it was an odd fit in the movie. I still think it's amazing they got... I mean, they could have had a whole movie just about this scene and it still would have been good, but... um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it was the... The the scene's entire purpose was to... The scene's entire purpose was to show that Vision was willing to sacrifice himself to get the stone destroyed Uh and that everybody else pulled back and said, wait, we don't quite have to do that. Let's really quick move to
0: plot C and go to Wakanda.
1: Yeah but but well, that was important
0: was important yeah, yeah well and also to reintroduce Steve right Rogers. yeah, yeah right the, the, the big the big the big the big reveal to me was not the Wanda mm-hmm. vision thing it was Steve's back he's got a beard he's a badass yeah. <laughs> he's got his he's got his sleeves rolled up right and and you know the, he took sandpaper to his color on his costume. Right. And, yeah Yeah. He, he's he's now he's now rustic. He's been uh, yeah. he's been acid washed. Yeah. Yeah. Acid washed cap. <laughs> I feel like that is a figure
1: you would find on the shelf. You know.
0: Yeah. Acid washed
1: cap. Oh, yeah. I mean that was super fun. We were waiting for that to happen, and it was great. Um, okay. So what's next? So then we have the whole Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. sequence.
0: Yeah. And you know it was interesting when they they go to the stress call, and then of course they're too late to, to rescue anyone but Thor. And the right. other thing is, why is why is Thor the only Asgardian that can survive that? I don't. Um, well, in what way? Well, he was floating out there in space. Right. Well. Right.
1: For for some time, yeah, we don't know.
0: But yeah. the, but the but the, but then
1: again, we don't know. The implication kind of was that um, almost everybody that was left on the ship had been killed off. That the only ones to escape are the ones on the escape pods earlier, and that basically just wiped went through and killed everybody. So maybe, you know.
0: But then why didn't they do it at the door? Yeah. No, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, right. I just plug like They just it's, need to get it in. It's, <laughs> Right. It's, it's like that thing where the you know, like every Bond film that just drives me nuts, like the, yeah. you know, the, the the penultimate scene before the final scene the villain does the big reveal and then has the PowerPoint demonstration about how he's going to take over the world. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, in that intervening time, it gives Bond time to escape. And, yeah. Um, but anyway, so, uh, but, but anyway, I think that
1: the yeah. bigger, I think that the bigger picture they were trying to paint was that Thor was trash that they just, they ran into, you know, they, they wrote, they rode over the body and went, what? Yeah. And pulled him in. And, and then you had that whole exchange. And this was some of the best stuff in the entire movie was Thor's interaction with the yeah. guy.
0: <laughs> Who the hell are you guys? yeah just
1: amazing Thor's exchange with rocket completely owned this movie right yeah. rabbit I yeah. think rockets
2: <laughs> the, rocket's,
1: um, uh, rockets like former lover or whatever in his history in the comics was a biomutated
0: rabbit by the way was oh it? really mm-hmm. I, anyway I thought, yeah, I, yeah I, I thought they were uh, they were just going on the same thing like you're you're uh fuck shaped dog. Yeah, you know the the head. Oh is yeah, a... that he's pers-
1: persistently being being uh you know you know disparaged for his looks when he's like this ultra violent little guy. I mean it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's a it's a great gag, but it was really funny that it was being done, but in a way that was
0: very quickly no longer just putting him down. It was just sort of like that's just what Thor says, right? Yeah. But did but did you? So to me, in, in hindsight again, maybe it's because I've been watching, I've been going back and watching the the, the Avengers. Preset and then in Thor. Do you think that Thor did that because he had been so ridiculed and lambasted by Stark all these years, like huh, Legolas, and, yeah. right? And and Point Break uh-huh. and all these things. And and when he gets on the uh, the ship, uh, yeah. uh, in Ragnarok to try and take off, and he can't get access until he he gives the code word that he hates that he like. Yeah. Stark. yeah, Um, I thought that was a. Uh, in Ragnarok inch, especially
1: yeah Ragnarok especially painted that painted that picture for us a little bit that uh yeah. That, yeah that that he he came into this series of adventures with the arrogance of being the top the top god of everything yeah. that he was he was deigning to talk to these humans and now yeah. and then he and he's never been able to get out from under the fact that um there are people among the team that you know, that whole thing in Ragnarok, who's the most handsome? You know, that yeah. Whole, like, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It did have that feeling like he was trying to re-exert some dominance with a new, with a new, he moved to a new town.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, 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 but he, picked it, he picked up a tool, he picked up yeah. a tool and a yeah. trade that he got from Stark and now he's applying it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah. dust, mother knowest that was, her drapes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but right. I thought that was, that, that, and to me, again, not only exchange with the uh, rocket and Thor, but to me, one of the biggest payoffs from this movie is Thor rise to, to his ascendancy within th- this whole universe, and that was uh, yeah. darn amazing.
1: Yeah, and and that the seeming seeming failure at the end of the movie was due to was due to his what he the second of two acts of. Um, emotional response as opposed to logical response right yeah now he, he fails he fails yeah. should have gone for the head just like yeah. just like what happened with star lord two people who yeah. actually two people who actually feel a lot more than they let on and in the
0: end let those emotions take over in, in the worst way so well and, and and the dichotomy the thing that makes him strength that makes him the strong that gives him the strength to weather all these storms their humanity right is the emotion that in the telling moment is also the greatest weakness. Yes, yes. Right. So that, 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 yeah.
1: yeah, so then we get this whole thing where uh, Thanos wants the Reality Stone, which is mm-hmm. s- on nowhere, or supposedly on nowhere. And then, so they split up, right? So you okay. got that team, Team A is going to go deal with that, and then Team B is Rocket, Groot, and Thor, and they're going to go to Nadavalear or something? Some, I don't remember well, exactly how to pronounce the, it. They're,
0: the, they're um,
1: going to the, the the forge. They're going to the forge, right? To get to get to
0: get the the god killer, right? To get it, right. Right. right?
1: And uh, and that's where we get this great reveal that um, that uh, uh, Dinklage is yes. indeed playing a, a you dwarf. Know, yes, a dwarf, but he's playing a super dwarf. <laughs> like, it was incredibly cool how big he was. Oh my god, that was funny.
0: But 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 who? So who in relation to the dwarfs are they dwarfs too? Right. Like if, if they're dwarfs, it's like the celestials. That's what like, I was thinking. Are they, <laughs> right. That they, they they are, you know, those those.
1: Well, that's what I thought it was. That's that's exactly right. where I went yeah. with it, which is that yeah. there are beings that they are coming from a from a up, up from a plane in the in the realms where there are beings that are much bigger than them. But uh, I, I just appreciated that the, the forge is damaged. There was a whole. Wait, go ahead. I'm
0: sorry. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, because this is where I, I yeah. have my biggest yeah, issue. This, this whole well, segment. No, except for Wakanda, this, this whole segment was the, those in Wakanda. Yeah. Was,
1: well, and this yeah. is what I was going to. This is what I started out with with you, which is that, you know, a month later, or even two weeks later, retrospect on this movie, as I processed my thought about it, it was I had problems with several segments of it, and I still love the whole. Yeah. But this is a, this was the this is one of the first moments I remember when I looked at it and I said, "Oh my God, we're watching one of those video game setups where it's like, oh, they got to do the thing and pull the other thing and then do it just the right way and then we pull something off." And and that's well, and that was frustrating to me because I I felt like there was enough going on in this movie that we could have just skipped having a a a, 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 a side plot. Um, they just needed some... It's like one of a few instances where they just needed a win, you know? And so they gave yep. it to him by doing a, a series of Quake-style uh, puzzle objectives, and that kind of irritated me. I did like oh, the fact, ahead. though, that the forge, was bro- there the, for- the forge was broken, and that uh, um, uh, y- Ytri, his hands were all mangled and shoved in, you know, had been basically... Cast into into irons or whatever it is, so he couldn't do use them, and you know, just the the wreckage of that whole world when they got there. I mean, that was kind of a fun environment to step into.
0: Yeah, well, in, in, in a forge of what, and imagine what it was like when it was operational. Right, 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 and 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 that's the other wild card here that that I that I think we may get keyed into, like these these larger than multiverse figures, like if they had that much power. How do they lose it, and right. what happens if they come back? Right. Well. Right. So, and uh,
1: hello, expanse. But, uh, hello, expanse. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> but but you yeah. know it could happen that, as you go exploring into the multiverse and all these different dimensions and things that if if they just went away to sublimate to a, to a higher level, what happens when their 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 pet bunny uh, gets slaughtered on their favorite realm, right. for instance? All right. The uh, the other thing that I found very ironic or or and this is just me in my total movie geekdom mode, the scene where Thor is pulling the the, the lenses together to get the uh-huh. dwarf star and the forge aligned and, and he's getting toasted. Chris Pratt had to do the same thing in passengers with oh, the right. uh, emergency event, right? And get right, toasted right. And, and everything, right? And I'm like you got, got the actor in the same movie, and you're, pulling it and you're ripping the you know a plot line off, and really you're gonna you're you're gonna be this brazen about it, like really? That's what anyway. like It just
1: felt it just felt like a mechanic that, like I I remember looking back on it, thinking, well, could we have come to a conclusion that he needed to restart the forge, and and get this big big scene about how much power and whatever it would take to make a super weapon like this? And I felt like they could have just sh- you know less drama, but. Thor just showing up saying I could fix this and just going and yeah. spinning the thing until it worked, without yeah.
0: that. Part. A, su- a superman, you know, doing
1: the fly around orbiting.
0: Yeah, but but you know, maybe metaphorically, it was supposed to represent that he was willing to give part of himself up mm-hmm. and sacrifice part of himself for for the greater good. Whereas with Molnir, it was just kind of a, a for what we know. Over overconfidence. Uh, Right, and and his dad just gave him a toy that he no longer wanted, and right. just took it for granted. Right, right. So I, I, I get that that sacrifice for benefit thing, but it could have been done in a much easier way. But
1: we did, I, I did realize that every each of these major scenes showed that one or more of the heroes was willing to self-sacrifice, yeah, for humanity or for a sentient yeah. life in the universe or whatever. So like, and, you know, we had half of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right.
0: <laughs> So, I I don't remember exactly. Imagine, imagine imagine what they would have done if Thanos was going to kill everyone. Yeah, right. They would have, they would have gone bananas.
1: Then it would have been serious. Fifty one <laughs> yeah, percent, been... too much. Yeah. Um Yeah, we'll get to that. That makes no sense at all. All right, but so um, I don't remember if it was exactly in this at this point or whether it was. But I, I want to talk about one of my favorite other favorite moments in this whole movie, which was the uh, amazing sequence with uh, Spider Man. Uh, and the others where he they have their their, their pop culture face-off or whatever, and then he references aliens, and then they do the, then they do the strategy, and it works. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just so incredibly satisfying, that whole sequence. Mm-hmm. Did I jump ahead too far, or was that around this
0: time? No, it was around that time. I think we, we kind of leapfrogged the scene with Thanos and Gamora, Right. Going, at, you know, and meeting the, the Phantom's Red Skull. Oh, yeah, you're right. right. You're right. You're right. right. Well, but, anyway. But, okay. I think it, but, but, but again, it was back to Civil War, where Peter Parker brings up The Empire Strikes Back with the right. speeders going around the. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. how that can work. And now it, he pulls the pop culture reference out, and it works yet again. So. It even works on non Disney okay. properties. <laughs> right. Lesson of the day. Movies matter, kid. <laughs> Movies you matter. You learn a lot. You, you, you learn a lot of good life lessons that can come in better than, you know, math or physics. You could...
1: <laughs> Hence, <laughs> repeat viewings of human centipede will teach you things. No. Wrong. Wrong lesson. Anyway, Wrong. that was just so much fun. That whole sequence was fun. It felt like there were stakes. You believed it. And then it was really gratifying that... Uh, that what's his name? The, the sort of magic-wielding bugaboo gets shunted off into space and just freezes and dies yep I mean yes Thor didn't freeze and die but that's okay I mean it just was like oh it worked he's dead yep. I liked when they killed yeah. black order members because it never felt easy felt like they really fought hard 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 to defeat yep. even one of Thanos's minions and I thought that was important yeah like his but, his but, his surrounding
0: team were already too much to handle well but- well, it was it was good because they didn't make them these easily expendable, you know, cast-offs. that you know that they're just the meat puppets for Thanos. They, and I actually think for the limited screen time that they did uh, with the villainry of it, they they did a pretty good job. I think so right? too. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was no it was no Jeff Goldblum, but
2: <laughs>
1: you know, yeah. Um, I think that was maw right that was his name maw was the black orders uh kind of uh, intelligence guy <laughs> the yes. one who was in new york and the one that spider-man shunted out of the aliens uh in his yes. aliens thing um well he was, he was and he was the one that was tormenting strange right right he was using his yeah. his his techniques to try to get the strange i the, i mean there have been some arguments that the black order weren't very well drawn but again you already have 40 superheroes in the movie I'm just yeah. t- do they really need to be? I thought that I mean some of them, yeah, some of them weren't weren't didn't get much to do, but I still enjoyed them existing. And I and I and he of course was the best, right? Of them, he was the most oh, yeah. entertaining of them.
0: Yeah, the 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 other <clears throat> the male female combo they reminded me a lot of you know similar pairings that were just kind of. Yeah, they were there to take some blows and give some blows, and that was it, right? But but Ma, I think they they invested some time on, and uh, I enjoyed how simpering he was towards Thanos. Yeah, he was so powerful and so
1: you know he was that like he was that shit lieutenant that is just so irritating to watch because he's just oh the his being such a ankle biter just a total ankle biter
0: totally, Um, a worm tongue writ large.
1: Yes. So then we have the whole uh, going to nowhere, which is a really cool idea that they get there and they think that they're there on time and then they discover that it's all a a reality warp, right? And they're too late and he's already got the reality stone. That was a really neat sequence. And him using the reality stone in weird ways, that was some fun, spacey Marvel, 70s Marvel stuff that we were kind of waiting to see. The ribboning of people and all of the... All
0: that stuff was really cool, right? No, the psychedelic, strange stuff, right? Yeah, all, all the, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, we and had then, the whole, and then, Thanos, and, and then Thanos kidnaps Gamora,
1: right? Thanos kidnaps Gamora, and then we see another uh, key. Po- oh, so we had that key point where uh, Gamora says to uh, Quill, "If things go south, you have to kill me," and he promises he will. Obviously no. <laughs> you know, you know in the scene that that's the tragedy of that moment, right? Mm-hmm. And it was and it was one of those plot it was one of those um those beats that would make sense with a slight difference in the way it was written, it would have made more sense if they were by themselves. Yeah. And she did that, then I could have seen that like, you know, the the stranded couple that are being surrounded by cannibals and it's like, you know, it's only them and the cannibals and so they have to make a pact, you know, murder suicide yeah. pact. But in this case, if I were her, I would have said tracks. Kill me, please, if anything comes up. Because, you know, No, 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 matter, what,
0: no, no matter what Quill says or what Quill yeah. tries
1: to do, don't save me. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, why would she, you know, the fact that she would put her lover in that position
0: just made, you know. Yes. Just, well, no, Naomi would have asked Amos. Yes. Not, yes. Not Not, not Holden, right? Oh, you're, yeah, <laughs> yes, you're exactly right. <laughs> she might not have even had to ask.
1: Um, but anyway, we also see another key point in this one was... We got to see all the references. Nebula used to make the references to being disassembled and tortured by Thanos for his amusement when she failed at things. And,
0: and you got boy, to see boy that. Oh my god, that was really powerful. Oh my gosh. It was like like cell
1: it was like Cell to the nth degree, right? Yep. I loved that it was as the as the camera would pan, you'd see how spread out she was. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. god, that was so good. Did Oh, section like Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and it was fun. The Red Skull reveal was fun. Yep. that was on
0: on Vormir, right? Yep. But but so this, here's here's a question for you because uh-huh. this is the 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 first real introduction of Thanos as a semi-victim okay. of his own belief systems, right? That mm-hmm. he and and they try to build it up where they did the backstory of when he first meets Gamora and then yeah, right. they're walking away while they blast you know half of her planet's population to smoke um and that that he really does supposedly as much as somebody like thanos can actually love her and so that the Mm -hmm. this this notion again sacrifice for the greater good right right that that we see throughout is that both the heroes and the villains in this particular object both make sacrifices that they feel are worth the end point absolutely Right. And, and this is the first time that you see Thanos, the, the supposed depth of his conflict on that same type of arc. Right. Which I thought was interesting, but I don't know if it was as impactful as it could have been. I don't know. Sure. Well, so I like the fact
1: that it was another um, uh, sort of like killing Loki in the beginning, it was another nod to a seminal uh, supervillain in the MCU. Going back to the early Phase One stuff, it was really neat to see um, Red Skull reappear, but also now just be an agent of death. You know, sort of like a, a, uh, you know, a uh, what do you call him? Like a boatmaster kind of character, and and that he was so um, he had been so divorced from from uh, mortal his mortal concerns. This wasn't the Red Skull of the of the Third Reich. This was. This was just like he was very passive. <laughs> he was just Like, well, I've uh-huh. been out here for a millennia or whatever it is now, and blah blah blah. And you know, I think that whole sequence was really compelling, and it was ne- it was a neat way of of starting off that that sequence because you're like, oh my god, uh-huh. there's the Red Skull, and then you get to this whole thing at the cliff and the whole choice, the you know, the terrible choice. And I was convinced that Gamora was going to take a dive off the cliff herself in an attempt make her own sacrifice.
0: To get the stone, I thought well, that's and, what and, her endgame was going to be. Well, and to uh, thwart Thanos from getting it, right? Yeah, that he's going to sacrifice the thwart Thanos, right?
1: So it was odd and a little bit um, disturbing that it turns uh, it turns to be something that puts Gamora in such a hel- helpless position because, mm-hmm. like I was imagining, it was going to be. Um, so I, I've told you before, I really like the, uh, the, pre, the pre-release cut of Avengers of uh, Aliens 3 before the studio messed with it and made it even worse. But in that original, in that original cut that I saw, um, Sigourney Weaver's character, Ripley, jumps off the thing into the lava pit because she believes there's an egg in her and uh-huh. she can't bear the risk. And so she sacrifices herself based on a faith issue. And cool. she threw the Jesus Christ pose on her way down. But okay, that's it is what it is. She she killed herself because she felt like this was her. She needed to do this to save other people without empirical evidence. And then the, and then the executives messed with it, and all of a sudden in the final version, she jumps off the edge, and then it, the chestburster comes out, and she throttles it on the way down.
0: But but I thought they did a med scan back uh, when she went to her ship, the EEV. But there was and still she saw and she, she saw the, the head in her.
1: Well, they did, but there was no guarantee. That meant not necessarily meant that she was not going to get out of it. Like it was like, right, right.
0: yeah, that told she her that have, she, but, she she could have been put in cryo and they yeah, could have surgically removed it, yeah, and who knows what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she did an alien resurrection, right?
1: But she sacrificed herself because she felt like she needed to do that. Yep. It was a compassionate act, but it was a yep. voluntary act, not something you were forced into doing. And I thought yep. that she was going. I thought Gamora, with all of her power personal power so we kept being told that she was the most dangerous woman in the galaxy and never saw it but for all the things they've done in the, in the two guardians movies in this movie to show her warming and softening to meet quill halfway uh-huh. and 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 evolving as a result of that i thought she was going to take a swan dive off and that was going to be her thing and whether it was successful or not that uh-huh. was her way out and but- for her to be reduced to being an 11 year old being throttled by the hair was i mean i get i get it was i get what it was but at the same time i just was like they didn't they didn't throttle they didn't drag peter quill by the hair and then throw him off do you know what i'm saying like it has to be yeah, but, but, the powerful woman character that gets stra- and i know that we're oh, yeah, yeah, sidestepping into that, the yeah. drama about fridging and everything but i mean i don't know i just felt like you know they they took yeah. down a peg of an incredibly cool powerful empowering um, character of color, I guess, she was so cool in so many ways to so many people, uh-huh. and then they basically just you know throttled her and threw her off a cliff yep. and like, but, but
0: i think but 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 i, I didn 't like it either, but I think it was a very effective impact vehicle yeah right you, you, you may not agree with the process, but the brutality of it underscores the sacrifice of it I guess there's just something about the way it was done
1: if he had been like just. Immediately stabs her in the chest, or just yeah, yeah. you know some sort of like instantaneous surprise kill of her.
0: Well, that would yeah.
1: have been one thing, but it was this humiliating drag over to the edge, her crying and begging and
0: pleading, and then being thrown off. Yeah, but I think, but so here, here's my penny any perspective on that. She had to realize that he loved her. Yeah, for the sacrifice to mean something in in the galactic scale. Right. Right, and and I think. That 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 process and and uh, the elongation. he right? he could have just capped her or you know blew, blown up, blown her head off or whatever. Yeah. But I, but the the what I think they were trying to achieve was the emotional impact of this process. That it wasn't just uh, something that he could just do like that. That mm-hmm. this was something that had to take a toll on him in a very meaningful, protected way, than just the the easy convenience of another one got yeah that's true right and wow. so I I, I, agree, I agree with the, some of the imagery and the you my problems are storyization stereotype yeah. yeah yeah my problems are not right. about the plot my problems are about
1: the choices made in how they portrayed that by making yep. her a victim yep and not yep. a ki- not a fighter that was ambushed or not right. someone who was betrayed but she was a victim in the end and she mm-hmm. begged. And there, and to me, there was not enough. They didn't earn that. They did not earn yep. that to make Gamora well,
0: beg on her way out. Yeah. Well, they, they basically reduced her back to an eleven-year-old kid. That's right.
1: Now that said, right. and we'll talk about this at the end. But uh, you know, I don't. I'm not. I'm not convinced that Gamora's dead in any way. I mean, she's dead, but I think her essence is in the Soul Stone, and I think that that's a, so, a big uh, component to the next film. Is uh, yeah, yeah. What happens well, when but, you get? Yeah. What happens when you
0: get what you want? <laughs> what, what's 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 well, yes, and what's interesting. Is that bringing back the red skull right in that capacity shows that there's continuity beyond the the sure. physical form in a very definitive way right that there, you're absolutely right. there's something more to this right that, that there's continuity there even in the finality of the obvious yes and and I think that was a again a very telling tell yeah, <clears throat> that, right. that there's something that there's something into the continuum that everybody presupposes is simplistic, but it is certainly not. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. So yeah. So then
1: we get to we get the Titan, and then we have this big, um, the 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 penultimate, <laughs> the penultimate uh, climactic battle, in which the team uh, rallies can and they,
0: can Can there be a penultimate climactic battle?
1: Well, it's not the ultimate. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So they come up with this scheme. Uh-huh. So they all meet on Titan, and I mean, I'm just kind of ratcheting up because I just realized we could talk for 10, 10 more hours on this movie. But I know, I know.
0: But can, can I? Yeah, just uh, I'm sorry. I'm, no, but yes. It's later. It's later night for me, and uh, no. I'm now on the, my adult beverage of choice. Now, Oh ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, the um, did you think there was anything deliberate about the selection of Titan and Wakanda as a contrast element? There as well, like an overarching uh, theme there, because I found that I found that interesting. Meaning that one society, well, well tell me more. Tell me what you think. Well, that, 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 that there there is now this ruinous rock, right, right. That that represents you know this preconceived notion of resource scarcity, right, 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 right. We've destroyed overpopulation, it. right, 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 and we've and exploited then, our natural and we've exploited our natural resources and Wakanda. You know, literally had a meteor drop from the heavens and climb down, and their 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 major right. power was mining that natural resources and exploiting it and taking advantage of it in that's a very good point. way. Right? They I imply thought, it's,
1: that's a good point. I mean, they imply in the Black Panther movie that they have this um, they have this seemingly unlimited supply of. Vibranium and they have the capability to change the whole world without even scratching the surface of their mining operations. But that's exactly the sort of attitude that we had in, you know, nineteen twenty-five. So with with oil, yeah,
2: right. <laughs> right. I mean,
1: we did, right. but we it, didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Right. We just wanted someone else's. But yeah, yeah, right. Oh, I, I I that's a really I, good I, parallel. I, I, I'm not sure if it was yeah. deliberate, but I think it's a very interesting idea
0: yeah it, it was, to me, the, that was one thing that you know two weeks and three weeks behind it, yeah. <clears throat> after we saw it that, that, that and, and of course, of my day job and everything else. Yeah, I've done, sure. I, I find it this, this kind of before and after this chilling tale right. of what could be if you don't pay attention. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well let's right? get through this because Titan, I mean you know Titan's the, you know, Titan was the big Titan was the big battle where we get to see everybody's well. The first of them where we get to see everybody just wailing away in concert on him, on Thanos, based on a plan that they conceived where in which Doctor Strange had done his his timey-limey magic stuff and come to the conclusion that he had seen, um, you know, several million uh, possible futures and only one in which uh, Thanos loses. He doesn't say that they win, I don't think. He says Thanos loses, Right. And then, right? and then nothing more. And then nothing right. more on. Screen. And nothing more. Nothing, nothing more. And, uh, which was telling. And so then they do. This, so they have this big battle. And it, what was fun about it was it was probably one of the best examples we've ever seen of group dynamic fight, gang up on one um, super foe, where they're working in concert, and there's a lot of dynamic action, and things are flying around each other, and people are dodging the other ones being thrown, and it's this. It was like. For every time that the movies have proven to me that um, superhero fighting is nowhere near as fun as it is in the comics, this was one where you're like, well, that's actually exactly how um, I like yeah. to imagine
0: it. It was really fun. That whole uh, sequence and, and was great. And, and each of the Avengers films now has that moment. Right. Right. right? And, and, and this one, I would say you had two moments like it. The one that was on Titan and the one that was on Wakanda, mm-hmm.
1: where acting right. as
0: a team. Right. Right, the the poetry of teamwork really shines through. Right, right, in a very majestic way. Um,
1: And having recently seen, as for our discussion about what we would watch before seeing this movie, I did go back and rewatch Age of Ultron. And for all of its strengths and weaknesses, and I felt it had more strengths than I gave it credit for the last time, but I still go back to that horrible sequence the C G I riddled sequence where they're all fighting Ultron bots together and the cameras zooming in and out and around them as they're fighting around and it is just such an artificial form of storytelling visually that it just it did not work for me at all. <laughs> right? It's I don't care. Yeah. Oh, yeah
0: care. no but 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 the scene that did work for me in Ultron was at the beginning when they're storming the Hydra base. Absolutely. And and, and they, they all come together at one moment in that, that wave where they all do the storm. Oh,
1: no, I didn't like that. I, I, that I really like I that a lot. That that
0: was like, yeah, baby, let's be yeah, it on. It,
1: it couldn't even be worse. The only thing, I mean, the, the worst part of that moment was that Black Widow jumps and does a, a flying tiger kick. It's like for the, the, flying, the flying
0: tiger kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, okay. So... So in this in this Titans sequence, they have this really great thing where they're pulling on the pulling on the glove and they're doing all this stuff and it almost seems like they're going to win, and then until he slaps them all right because they they oh. Mantis is doing her thing and once again because we went into this and I was a big fan of what Mantis might be and yeah she once again she owned this movie we didn't even talk about how much all the other Guardians interactions were amazing yeah and Stark and Quill everything we'd seen in the trailers but also. Uh, mantis and drax involved uh, as well. Yeah. All the gags about Teenage Groot were just amazing.
0: Everything about the Guardians. Uh, but, but, but Groot, Raccoon, and Thor. Yeah. I, I, if I was gonna pick a trio that I would that they would never work on screen. Yeah. They they were perfect. And, keep, then, in, and then, keep
1: in mind we're still five years after we, you know, we collectively would sit there and say, how the hell are they ever gonna make the Guardians work in a film with, a like, a living tree makes no – you know, like, a walking around tree oh, makes no. no sense with a raccoon okay, I mean, in it.
0: Yeah, well, well, that shows us how stupid we are mm-hmm. the uh, uh, and short-sighted we are. But but to me, so that, that scene you're talking about where they actually have Thanos subdued. Mm-hmm. And Mantis right? is doing and, her thing. Right. And then what – Nebula fucks F it up. up. Nebula fs it up but by using what? Emotion right. with Quill. Mm-hmm. Right? That that gets Quill all spun up and emotional, just like we talked about right. before. Right. This is the moment that that the human heart fails us.
1: I w- we forgot to mention during Gamora's um, death scene or seeming death scene was that she begged Quill to kill her. He finally did pull the trigger, but it was mm-hmm. too late. Now, yeah, too late. and I and that was an opportunity missed um, that I need to take now uh, to complain about that aspect of that sequence, which was that. I get that the writers were stumbling with how to how to play with reality warping as a, mm-hmm. as a power without it being what it should have been, which is game over. You have a reality stone. There really shouldn't be anything else to do, right? None of this, right. none of this makes sense. But um, well, I, I had a lot of trouble with them turning. I had a lot of trouble with them having Thanos turn weapons into bubble guns. Yeah, Thanos would not use a bubble gun. That's the kind of thing that a human a human operator might have done.
0: Thanos wouldn't do it. Not even space bubbles. No, no, but... but. What What if this was an altered state reality that it was all right. play acting to begin with, right?
1: Oh, I see. Alright. Right. Okay.
0: Well, okay. So we get to the Titan, right. and then
1: they almost get away with it. Fourth wall. Um, fourth wall. Right. They almost get away with it. Quill, Quill breaks, breaks with the program. Um, we get to the thing where it seems that... Um, Strange is given an, an, an opportunity to save Stark by giving up the gem, and he does so. And then, and then Stark is betrayed by it. And then he turns to Stark and said, "You know, it was the only, it's way. Over. It was the only it, way. It's over. It was the only way." Which Stark uh, interprets as, "I had to give it up because I had to save you." But we're looking at it and thinking, "No, that was. This is how this was supposed to go. Oh, one right? way, one way. Um, okay, so now." Cutting from what we saw. So he gets the jam and takes off. So cutting from what we saw. Do you think that Strange did something to influence what was happening? That that whole sequence was... Um, was uh, there's a MacGuffin because he was okay. doing in his little his little after they had the plan and then they were going to go after uh, Thanos Stark was, I mean uh, Strange was doing a lot of his hand wavy he was using his spells and you saw all the telltale signs of his reality warping abilities yep. of his own you saw the tesseracting of the uh, of the environment and you saw the channeling of and the putting,
0: Shiva like, hands and all this and, so, and putting and putting them in the the, the crystal box right so that right, really, that, that, that really is, makes like, me wonder
1: know, yeah I mean, obviously things continued, but it really made me wonder if something at that moment—if he planted a seed, he planted something either in the stone or in the in the course of events by what he did—that will be important later. But I just
0: don't know exactly what it is, or 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 the reality of the events. Right, 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 right. You know, who shot Jr. Well, it was Mm -hmm. just a dream. You know, who did? How did (laughs) they still have the world? Well, it's just a bad dream. um, I don't think they'll do that. I don't think they'll do that. But 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 it 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 does give them an out. It, so that what they've done masterfully well throughout all these little segments, and even you know the bonehead like me can pick them up. They've huh. given them at least they've given themselves at least five outs. Right.
1: Well, is that they, they, I was they thinking, can exploit? Yeah. I was thinking it was more like I was wondering if you made an anchor point. If you made an anchor point in reality that would be important later that you can pull back to like it's kind of like a a restore point when you're doing an operating system upgrade like I was wondering if he was doing something that he was pinning something there things continue to happen as they happen you know, this is reality but he's done, that. he shunted it
0: either it was the multiverse shunt or it was a like I don't don't know, I don't know or what what he did in in Strange, right? that he did these endless loops over and over and over again well what if this loop just takes two years to reset Right. right Right and yeah, that, I, I think that's one. I also think there, you know, there's something with Ant Man and
1: oh yes, and well, another, we, yeah. and
0: I think and, and Captain Marvel and another. So oh, I yeah. think there's a whole bunch of outs they've given themselves.
1: All right, so then we get to the um, the biggest plot fail, logic fail, this whole movie, which is the Wakanda sequence. I, and I, I, every even I, at I the went, time I, I was frustrated, I, but it got worse as it went on.
0: I wouldn't say it was a plot fail. I just. No, they had to have they, no I wouldn't say it was a pot fail. What I would say is that it was a, a seafood buffet served four hours after the expiration date. Blake. and it was yes, but it, it, I, I don't think it was a pot fail. I think it was more of um, a sequencing fail.
1: No, I, you're, well, I love you I love you, but you're terribly wrong. So okay. I've been wrong before. look. We 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 bash on movies sometimes where you know we're frustrated because it had potential to be something but then it wasn't and you could see you could see yeah. the points at which if you had just done this instead of that you could have pulled this together but instead it was a hot mess. This is yeah, not a mushroom this is Right. This is <laughs> this is let's say this, <laughs> this is a this is an incident where I felt like it's kind of like you know we talked about it earlier. It's like a slight adjustment and it would have made more sense. The the God, problems I, I had. I, 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 I'm with you. It, it was a total shit potato. The problems that I had with the scene weren't that Wakant, that they were trying to delay to give Shuri time to take the gem out, and then they had to hold hold this impossible this impossible immense force out for as long as possible on a doomed errand just to do it as long as possible, and then they hope they can do it, and then they fail. Okay, fine. All of those yep. beats make sense. Put those cards. Put those five by eights on the wall, or five by sevens on the on the on the storyboard. That makes sense. But then they actually sat there and wrote in and directed and filmed them saying things like, okay, what are they doing? Oh, they can't get through our crazy wall. Okay, wait a minute. So Shuri, they have to stall for time for Shuri. So why are they on the inside of the wall? They should have been on the outside of the wall. Mm -hmm. And then they say, oh, what are they doing? Oh, the bugaboos are running to the sides instead of where we are. Oh, so that means that they're gonna be vulnerable back there? No, because the force bubble is in this it's over the center of Wakanda and the yep. and the and the throne, whatever it is, the castle, whatever it is, is at the center. So there's no front or back.
0: It's just a perimeter. Well, but but, but it, it, or moreover, if they knew that there was a weak point that was somewhere on the, the circumference of that bubble, why were they there? At the point of entry where all the buffoons were, why didn't they go to the weak point and And defend the the, the biggest weak?
1: Yeah, but there was no weak point. It was a
0: uniform bubble
1: and the castle was in the center. So that was a fabrication of viewpoint that you're seeing things from this perspective of them standing in this place. And they say, well, it's like the back door is unprotected, which doesn't apply when you have a, a force field that's a globe. And also they dug at some point they started digging under it. So this force field doesn't work above – it only works above ground and that has lasted for thousands of years. Are you giving me a – the seafood's four hours too old, right? And then their solution to this is, well, we can't have that. What we should do then is just open the gates.
0: Well, and and, and open the gates in a rather substantial way. If you open it so that one person at a time can fit through, it just directs all your fire at that. Yeah, and again, Fine. going back to right? the... And and, and why did they open it up, like, 30 feet high? Why did they yeah. also open it, like... Yeah.
1: But again, going back to the screenwriting, okay. It was a really... It was a vivid and and entirely successful image of the Bugaboos somehow forcing their ways through, and then the, this... It was like the whole... Uh, World War Z thing, right? This body pushes through and dies, and then this one climbs over it and then dies, and then this one climbs over that one or gets through it, and then using the corpses of them to push through the barrier. That was all very cool. All they had to do was write those otherworldly, other-dimensional bugaboos in numbers could eventually erode the shield. That wasn't that hard. No, I would
0: would like that they would have had some kind of, like, uh, ultrasonic drill bit that they yeah. brought out, and, yeah. then it was, and then, or, okay, or now, shovels. Now we got a breach. Yeah. Well, we they did have shovels.
1: They had giant shovels. Yeah. But um, and then the other thing that drove me nuts was that uh,
0: the we we had well, Steve, Steve Rogers as some kind of tactical genius of war fighting general heat genius, and, and once again his either, his is uh, to yeah. run forward and Scream, yeah, right. like um, like everybody just okay, everybody into the breach, like huh. Uh, yeah. Henry the V didn't work out so well Like, what? Yeah. and then also <laughs> what? Bla- and I appreciate the fact
1: that this whole sequence was not shot by Kugler and it wasn't the the, the Black Panther A-team in, in setting it up and it was very obvious having just watched Black Panther and then you
0: watch the sequence it doesn't read as, it's the setting looks no, right no, but it's no. not quite the same no. but, 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 but they kind of under they under, they under delivered on all the characters that were so majestic in Black Panther and just kind of made and, the sods of yeah
1: and if I mean, and, and having recently rewatched Black Panther, the MacGuffin that um, everything is infinitely a wonderful in Wakanda technology that solves everything, solves anything, can do anything, everything is so incredible. And they used fuck all in this sequence. The yeah. most they used their tech for was they took some of their dropships and dumped some people a kilometer away from the edge of the sports field and then ran away again. Where's all the aerial? The ship? Where were all the craft?
0: Well, yeah. where were all the weapons? <laughs> Yeah, you're telling and, and the rhinos, and the rhinos. the rhinos, there were no rhinos, cyber rhinos. Um, yeah, well, it's something, but you're telling me out of how many centuries that Wakanda has developed, but you know, they didn't have an energy bubble from day one, right? Right, right, right. right. So, you would think the Homeland Security Department of Wakanda <laughs> would be like the Bobby Badass of them all, right? Yeah, they, and they turn they, in the could, scene, they, they don't, it, they don't, they they don't have one, they don't have one vibranium cannon. Mounted right. on the you right. know the castle walls, they don't right. have you know fountain daddies. I will I,
1: I will argue that they have they established in Black Panther that they have been an island on the land for centuries, and that all they did was organize the tribes that participated, and then there was peace and pro- and prosperity. They never they didn't suggest they said that they did everything in their power to avoid conflict with the outside world, and I can imagine. A st- I can imagine a story... Don't you wave at me. I can imagine a story point that says they've never had to inv- uh, defend Wakanda because no one's ever come close, so they don't have a, a master of war and they don't have a, you know, a whole mechanism for defense. That said, if the argument however, is how they over-relied on their technology and the technology fails, that's a huge, huge, huge question
0: about the validity of how they've protected yeah. their people all this time. Yeah. But, but, however, comma, that same yeah. technology... That that same technology was such an existential threat to take over the world. Uh-huh. Yes. With, 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 right? with like yes. ten with like ten shipments. Yes. Right? Like like ten ten little cargo carriers, you know, Quinjets jets going out and dropping, you know,
1: uh, let's not forget hard Yeah, I was gonna say, let's not forget Killmonger's grand plan was giving people spears that don't go through
0: metal detectors. So Well that you know, that that works for, you know, the <laughs> Eight hundred and twenty-five airports, but not really, you know, nine billion people on planet. Um, So, you know, this this technological wonder kind that they were supposed to have, um, really didn't show up. In this movie, they devolved
1: Wakanda into being race X in a in a in a Thor movie, like a generic realm or something from one of the Lord of the Rings
0: movies. I didn't see where they just got to have a lot of people fighting. Gondor, it was like Gondor, yeah. basically, this this overhyped, uh, yeah. old um, out-of-date and inefficient system, but in Black Panther, it was not that at all
1: Yeah, and I was going to say, I think part of the problem is, and I thought about this, this is one of the things that bothered me the most in the theater, and then I walked away and thought about it afterwards, but I think, I think the issue is y- you already have a story where a guy is collecting um, Mary Sue stones to become even <laughs> more powerful than he possibly could be <laughs> And the entire movie has to be about how everyone's best is not good enough. Then you have a movie over here, Black Panther, which establishes an entire Mary Sue society fantasy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you de- how do you neuter how do you neuter Wakanda enough to make it that Wakanda wouldn't be able to participate in defending the Earth against Thanos? And what it is is it's the same problem they had in failing to write about Superman properly in the, in the mm-hmm. DCEU. They didn't know how to depower Superman enough to make stakes matter, so they just shit the
0: bed. And Wakanda was the same way. They just said, well, we'll just well, pretend. <laughs> well, so I, I, what I would have preferred in a very simplistic, linear fashion is that Thanos just had superior military force and might and brains, just yeah. like he wiped, he wiped the floor with Hulk. Yeah. And Thor and everybody else, that okay, you got your precious little bubble shield, do you think vibranium something? Yeah. Well <laughs>
1: Yeah, and and, right? and really the only and the only reason why and the only reason why you even had this ground war was that Thanos oh. wasn't there. Right. If he had come with his I mean I would have just reality stone the shit out of that, that uh that force field. Oh, and, the,
0: but I was hoping that we yes, were gonna get a gauntlet and hit and pop.
1: Yeah, I was like, I thought we were gonna get Black Panther holding his own against some of these extraterrestrial super guys and really, really like uh, proven himself before he loses. I thought we were going to have yeah. him fighting to the death, but really taking a bite out of him. Yeah. And we got, but, 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 fuck, we got nothing.
0: Yeah. We, we got basically uh, Hawkeye in a super suit. Mm-hmm. All right. We did. The, um, the, uh, which is disappointing, I think that because they set themselves up for a much better outcome at yeah. least in the process of it right and yeah. it could have been a much more um compelling thing but but they fell back to steve rogers you know with the which i did like when he's mm-hmm. doing Com- the classic mono comic scene right. Thanos, right right well it's the it, same thing with him holding the helicopter single-handedly on the oh, yeah. on the roof deck right and and all that but you know I, I think they were really trying to get to the point where thor the new and improved thor shows up and he's yeah. basically the only right. show in town, right? Right. And then he makes a terrible mistake of sinking into his chest, I
1: and then we get the snip, we get we get we get the snap of the fingers, and Thanos gets his oh.
0: wish. Yep. I will Bucky, say. Can I? Can I? Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I always do that to you. I have no, to no, me. you must. <laughs> yep. um, the one, the other aggravating thing is, you know, Bucky Barnes, right? Yeah. They, they the white kinda, wolf. Yeah, they just kind of yeah. okay, Bucky. Yeah, go do your thing. Um, Black Widow. Okay, you know you're a strong female character. Go do your thing. Um, but the the technology gap that I found was you know also very depressing. Is that um, you know they froze Bucky Barnes to preserve him, and they could do things to detox him, right? Why didn't they freeze the Vision? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Take that thing out and put, you know, and, and put them on ice and then take that thing out and then get by themselves some time to, to, to cure that damage. Right? And, and it was so obvious a choice over there. At the very three, least. It, yeah.
1: Yeah. At right? the very least, they should like, have put them in a, in a bed of
0: ice or no, a bed of right. rice and then frozen the bed of rice. Right? <laughs> yeah. Because then, you know, when the, the edamame rolls come out, that makes it just so, so delightful.
1: Oh, I'm just thinking <laughs> to try to keep the
0: moisture out of the circuitry, but yeah. <laughs> like, 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 okay, what happens if Vision gets wet? Gets dropped? Yes. We've got to put them on ice. And, you, know, you, got put, do that. you got it. You got it. There was I, I mean, the, the... Yeah. The, yeah, I, I guess coming back to your point and agreeing with more strongly, the technology wizardry that was present in Black Panther, it was basically just a sideshow. They just dismissed it out of hand. It was a stalling tactic, really. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and um, the uh, the other thing though about that whole ground sequence that we got to see was we finally we finally see that it's um, that it's Banner in the Hulkbuster armor, and not Hulk because Hulk won't Hulkbuster. come out and Hulk won't yeah. come out. And it's fun to see him um, actually be heroic and take that initiative and 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 fight. And it was fun. Yeah. I always love when there, when someone is not 100% proficient in what they're doing. So it was neat to see him overshoot sometimes and mm-hmm. kind of stumble a little bit. But, you know, that was a whole
0: sequence for Banner that was pretty important. Yeah. Okay, don't – because he, he, he actually is a superhero now. Yeah. It's not the Hulk. Right. It's Banner. Yeah. Right?
1: Banner is yeah. doing it. Right. Yeah. Okay, so we get the snap, and then we get the other part of this end ending that I was like, "Oh my gosh, it was almost great," and then I just didn't quite like it. You have he succeeds, and then you have this, and, and we'll talk about the, ir- the irrationality of his whole concept. But yeah, he does the snap, disappears, and then everybody is standing around, and then one by one, in horror, they see people fade away into into yeah. cyber ash or whatever it is, celestial ash. Okay, okay, and. And I will say that it led to those great memes online where people said uh, Avengers Infinity War action figures, and they filled a bubble pack with ash. That
0: was awesome. But, <laughs> but. Um, See, I, th- I think I, th- I think you and I have a different opinion on this. But go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I,
1: what I would have liked to have seen. <clears throat> I think they felt like this was more emotional because you saw them fade. You, it, there's there's metaphor in the fading of the ash into the wind and all this. You saw them one by one. Everyone each has an opportunity to, to to fade out and all this. But well, but, the, but what, the only one who knows it's coming is Peter Parker. Yeah,
0: right. The and only and, one but, who, the only and we'll talk it, about yeah. that.
1: But overall, though, what I wanted out of this was exactly what they said they didn't want to do. But what I wanted it to be is he snaps his fingers and they're gone and it's quiet. It's like what fringe. Yeah. It's what fringe would have done, right? It's like instantly it's quiet, and they're looking around, and you can hear the wind in the trees. And, and, and you know,
0: the and then, and for, then, for fuck's then sake, Bucky's arm,
1: Bucky's arm falls yeah. to the ground. You know, yeah, yeah, planes falling out of the sky. I, I wanted least, to see
0: least, instant disappearance. Yeah, at least Bucky's, at least they had the decency to maintain continuity that Bucky's arm actually fell to the ground. Yeah. Whereas Luke Skywalker's, you yes. know, hand just kind of sublimated with him. Like, yes. come on. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I, you know, I like. I think it would have been more powerful if they were just gone. They were remembered, but they disappeared. The ash thing was very sentimental to me. Go ahead.
0: No, I, I can see it both ways. I think there there was an element of theater, yeah, and how they did it, and and what also I found compelling is the randomness, yeah, of it. That okay, so that guy disappeared. Well, now it must be over, and then suddenly that. Dude disappears, and then that dude disappears. And but the writer in me different. wants to know why people are disappearing in
1: one at a time over time instead of instantaneously. Why would there be a ripple
0: ripple effect? Okay, you got you got a theory. No, I, I do actually. That um, I'm going to go back to the comic books. Yes. Death. Yes. And Thanos. Yes. Right. Which they and claim it's so, not happening, but maybe it's happening. I know, but. But that the, there's this malevolent, deliberate nature to things uh-huh. that the more fear and pain they create, the better it makes it feel to those who are doing it, right? And and so that that random horn, it would be like if you're in a if you're if you're in a pond, and suddenly there's a great white shark that's in the pond, and it's coming up, and you know it's yeah. going to eat half of you, but you don't know what it is, and that 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 freak out thing matters right so it could be a plot vehicle just to lengthen yeah. the emotional I, it was, impact, ju- which it, was, was- that- it was just narrative it
1: right. was just narrative so we could see it happening right. but, but it but felt I'm- like what all it needed was a single sequence to show all we needed was an area like a like a wider shot that shows simultaneously all of these plumes of ash rising all at once and then you would well, and then that would have triggered that would have told you as a viewer that it was happening simultaneously but then the camera would go in on individual people so that we can experience different aspects of the same scene yep. it was it was done differently it was done entirely like it was all sequential and if you imagine that happening all over the universe one one here one there there's nothing mm-hmm. that would suggest that Thanos needed to be malevolent to to, to cause it to be extremely painful oh, no, no. <laughs> like it was just <clears throat> no no it but, was just storytelling it was just for well, purposes
0: of how they shot it what if the point was to teach people a lesson, hmm. right? Know, that if maybe. they go back to their ways, if they go back to their ways, that this will happen again. Yeah, could be. Right. So, so you know, you're, 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 he's not just doing it a fight; he's trying to correct the course of civilization writ large to the universe.
1: Could be. All right. All right. Um, right? Cause, cause before he, we get to Thanos' yeah. yeah, before we get to Thanos's um, irrationality of this entire exchange. Um, Spider Man's thing was amazing. It was interesting to read that he improvised a lot of that sequence, but uh-huh. um, it was incredibly powerful. And once again, you and I, you know, like as a father, it was very hard to watch this younger guy, uh-huh. um, you know, total straight out of like the the, the trenches in World War One, you know, choking, choking and 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 crying on his way out. It was very very uh-huh. very believable, and it was an extremely yep. tragic moment in the film. So it was infinitely more. It yeah. was infinitely more powerful than Gamora's death. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and a lot of people latched onto his his dialogue and said, "Well, he knew. I don't want to go. Yes. Means he knew about a plan." And I think it means his spider sense oh. was telling him that things were happening. That he was dying. Yes. I don't want to go. Yes. I don't want to die. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think. I don't think it was. Uh, he knows there's a plan, and he he doesn't want to go because he wants to be a part of it. It's that he was the only one who knew he was on the list. He was
1: like, I realize I'm, something's happening to me because they didn't know. Yeah. Even even in that brief moment when they're talking to Thanos, they didn't understand specifically. that He's like, I'm gonna do a thing that's gonna make half of you disappear or die. It just it was all hyperbole. I think yeah, that well, it's, I it's too abstract. It's too yeah. abstract to contemplate. Right, right. I think I think uh, I think Peter Parker's spider sense told him, "Holy shit! I mean, I'm in extreme mortal peril for no reason.
0: I'm just sitting here with extreme mortal peril. I'm dodging yeah, no. That it, it's it's not mortal peril. You're done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're done, right? You're yeah. done. And and he got he got a five second lead leadway before yeah. it happens.
1: And and there like was
0: it, a and there was and they wanted a big
1: emotional thing about Bucky disappearing in front of Cap, but I think the bigger one was Black Panther disappearing in front of yeah. his guard, whose entire Bucky. job was to keep him safe.
0: It, right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Well, that and but Black Panther's disappearance had a more emotional impact on me than anybody because I love Black
2: Panther.
0: Oh, yeah. But, 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 so here, here's where I think that the the payoff is is that, so again, you have the two pillars of the Marvel Universe in Steve Rogers and Tony Stark, and they're both on these before and after ruinations of, Uh you know, the potential of humanity. And, to me, you know, Stark, Stark's reaction was very powerful, but the, the, the last words, I think, except for Fury, was like, uh, my God, like, uh-huh. or, or oh God, from Rogers. And like, he just can't believe, and this is a guy who's been through yeah. the shit, right? That, that the, the randomness, the finality, and the, the, the breadth and depth of the impact is just so overwhelming that it, 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 it totally destroys him. Yeah. Right? And and I, I thought for all the disappearing smoke and vapors and all that I think for that moment alone was Steve coming to grips with the fact that something this the the final solution like literally the final solution could happen like that.
1: Well, and he I mean even in that last battle where they you know you know and they're faced with Thanos himself, Steve Rogers still has this unshaking belief in himself that somehow if you have the will To combat evil You will somehow find a way Or die trying And he did not find a way And he did not die trying He was left standing And the after effect is all around him And I think that's something that um, They've shown in the past That um, Steve Rogers is not well prepared for Which is Um. No matter what he can do And no matter what he aspires to do He cannot stop things from happening to people he loves Um, They don't make it as They don't make it as As an A story thing like with Batman or with Iron Man and all these other stories where it's like the tragedy of their, of their wards are being killed and all this. But think about in Captain America when he had to go and visit um, Peggy and she's got uh-huh. Alzheimer's and she's on her deathbed. Uh-huh. And he's just sitting well, the there whole, and, and yeah.
0: The whole reason why he saved Bucky. Yeah. Right? The, right. The, the, like the, the entire thing around uh, Civil War and even Winter yeah. Soldier was he felt compelled to protect. Right.
1: Okay, so right? now we get this scenario. And- well, we get this scenario where, you know, the viewer... We've read a lot from people who come out of the theater all shock, all the shock and awe from sort of like general audience viewers. Like, how could this happen? <laughs> but for people like you and me, though, well, yes, it was, it was emotional. It was cool. But also, you're looking at this and saying, okay, they just killed off all of their big franchise players. Like, I don't care. I understand that there is a very thematic thematically important component to the fact that we stripped down to the original Avengers again. With yep. few exceptions, it's the original Avengers core. I get it. Yep. But if you take yourself out of the story and you put it back into the business of the movies, they killed off the Guardians, they killed off Black Panther, they killed off every positive female character <laughs> in their Marvel universe. They did, yeah. they, they undid everything that was the new future. Doctor Strange and everybody. Everybody's gone that was the future of the, of the of the universe and you're back to the original people again. And what that means to me is it was very hard to tell, to convince myself that there were stakes, even though I know that doesn't matter. They could have killed Iron Man and Tony Stark. I mean, Iron Man and Captain America right in front of you. And you still know that in the future they could do something else. But the fact that they targeted everybody that was the future of the franchise made it and right at the time that people are still talking about how amazing Black Panther is and how much they love Guardians. You're just kind of like, how do I buy
0: this? Yeah. but so, And here's where I think that they fell into their own trap a little Mm -hmm. bit. Imagine the conversation we would be having if the original Avengers were the ones that were all gone. Correct. Including Thor. Including Thor.
1: That's what I thought was going to happen at the end of this movie. Thor, Hulk,
0: Cap... Tony, like all gone.
1: And that's what I thought we were coming to was the original Avengers were going to be wiped out and it would all be the B-team rising, avenging the Avengers. That's Mm -hmm. what I thought this was coming to and maybe it still will in Avengers 4. But that's definitely where I thought they were going with this one.
0: But but you you see the duality there, right? And to me it goes back to this theme that we started off with is parents and children. Yeah, right. And and they killed everyone's kids and just now, All right? No, 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 no. But but will the parents sacrifice themselves literally to right. bring the kids back? Yes, correct. I yeah, I right. I, I, feel, I see that avenue for sure. Right. All, All right. Well, we so go, yeah,
1: we got to get to this. Uh, we got to get to the real quick. Sorry. So, yeah. the,
0: the, I thought this was going to be a really short session, and it turned out to
1: not be as. <laughs> no, it's
0: fine. No, it was good. But so, it's
1: Infinity War. We've been talking about this for two years. So, no, I it, honestly, uh, especially if Chris were here, but. We could easily stretch this out for eighteen hours, yeah. and okay. everyone th- and everyone thanks us for not doing so.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, except except I'll tell you, I had a I had one of our acquaintances, one of our friends, actually listened to our three and a half uh, murder cast, and uh, he loved the hell out of it. So, just going to throw it out there that, that sometimes you find people that enjoy the director's cut.
1: Uh, what's a three and a half murder cast? What do you mean? No, a three and a half hour
0: session that we did. Oh, oh, okay. The the last one where you know Doctor Slaughter showed up. Oh yes, (laughs) right. If you listen to the edit, Doctor
1: Slaughter was 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 largely rewritten out of the events.
0: (laughs) Well, I I told I told our acquaintance that oh, dude, you should see the the unedited version. was uh, that was that was a hot chicken biscuit with a side of gravy.
1: I mean, it was entertaining. It was, it was much more entertaining while editing if it wasn't me that was the, the one that was imploding. <laughs> but it was still pretty good. Um, that said, though, I have been taking efforts to chop up these things again. We went long form mm. for a while. And yeah. now I'm trying to trim them down to where, you know, hopefully we have four-hour range episodes. Because yeah. uh, that's why I cut the most recent one. Because we were already sitting on seven hours of content. and We hadn't even started Avengers. But anyway, so... look a let- beautiful thing. It's a beautiful right. thing. Going back, going back to... Um, the stinger. So, mm-hmm. on the face of it, it's the Shield guys in New York, crash car, and they jump out, and then everyone starts to fade away, and then they go to press the thing, and I don't even remember if he successfully pressed it or not. He does. He does. Oh, okay, he does. he does press it, and yeah. it drops to the ground, and okay, yay, it's a Captain Marvel mm-hmm. beeper. Okay, but there are several things about that stinger that I thought were it was like
0: half the movie's interest was in that stinger, right? Well, if, if you were in the know of yeah. what that pattern means and what that insignia means. Yeah, but and also... Fact, and the fact that it was a Nokia 5150, like, <laughs> yeah. buzz, you know... It was a routine. great detail.
1: It was a great yeah. detail that it was a 90s beeper built in the ni- in the end of the Captain Marvel movie. Like, it's totally a great anchor point to the Captain Marvel movie being from the 90s. And like that Cap was the, the last shield. time like before Cap
0: Shield. She- it's like Cap shield, yeah. 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 yeah,
1: yeah. And so she's off, waiting to be told to come back and... It does beg the question why some of the other um, earth cracking events haven't necessitated her coming back, but that's okay. Doesn't matter.
0: Well, because I think it goes back to celestials, eternals, mm-hmm. you know that that whole thing, and even some of the archetypes that were portrayed in Guardians of the Galaxy, like yeah. the nowhere, right? Yeah, an old right. celestial, and and i mean there, there's a i think there's a reason why these, these folks but the are retconning like, no, but it retcons not stupid
1: no but it retcons so that we we have to believe that um during the chitauri invasion when those giant beasts are flying around in the sky and there's the big portal and there's all this horrible stuff happening that fury was like should i let's wait <laughs> that's the only that was the only problem in, But the, in, the
0: avengers the avengers weren't beat yet
1: that's true um, right. Okay, but let's get to the, the, the nuance of the Stinger and why it was so trippy to me. Um, first of all, things were happening in the Stinger that didn't make sense in the continuity of what we just saw, which made me think that things have changed. And that's what was really exciting to me. He says they're hearing that something's happening in New York, going back to what we talked about before, which means the events in that Stinger were happening at the same time or right after the initial attack in New York before everybody went to space. Yeah.
0: Meaning something's something's happening on Wakanda, right? Something's not going on in Wakanda. Something's going on in New York.
1: Something, but that means that all of the flying to, uh, going to the different places in the space uh, sequences, going to Titan, coming back, going to Wakanda, all this stuff either didn't happen, or it got compressed in some way. Because in that stinger, they're saying New York just is happening right now. Uh So. Yeah, you're looking things at me like, got, oh, yeah, but I'm no, saying no, that's a thing.
0: No, 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 no. Although no, no, it's it's not a thing. Things just got strange.
1: Things got things got strange. <laughs> so think, that's what you just did there. Things got. I'm going to write that down. Things got strange. Um, and then also I like the, but also even the the physics of what we were told was happening was changing. They showed up and found an empty vehicle, not a vehicle mm-hmm. filled with ash, just an empty vehicle. Uh And then people started to fade. And whether that was just an accident of how they did it, but why would it be an accident? Things got strange. And then that whole sequence where Deadpool's there. No, wait, that was a different movie.
0: That was a different movie. All right, anyway, so now we have... But but, uh, I I would have loved to have seen Daredevil at a New York City deli, mm -hmm. you know, like with Jennifer Jones just like... Drinking a cup of coffee, you know, talking, you know, the yeah. defenders, you know, just, yeah, they, they got it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm glad they didn't pull anybody in. I think that they already had such a
0: stacked oh, no, deck of people. But you see, you saw the onion yeah. parody of it, right? Like, oh, sure. Uh, Daredevil's too busy defending his client to save the planet.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, So, yeah, I'm or super Jennifer. excited.
0: Jennifer's too busy, you know, defending a first snatcher to, you know, go out and yeah. help. I'm super excited
1: uh, to see how Ant-Man and Wasp Jessica. and, and uh, <laughs> Ant-Man and Wasp oh. and uh, and Captain Marvel um, factor into leading up for the next Avengers movie. Because we have one being the '90s um, setup that's going to allow for how Captain Marvel exists, why she can be triggered to come back, and also the bigger stakes, all the spacey stakes that are going to be involved in that movie. Do you think it'll be important? Mm-hmm. And then also the Ant-Man and Wasp thing, and the the uh, conspicuous lo- uh, absence of Hawkeye, I think that, you know, they said they're under house arrest, um, but I think that we're going to find that there's been a different agenda, and but, that they're... So,
0: but, but I don't know. I don't know. No, but wait a minute. So my, my issue with the whole house arrest thing, right, is at the end of Civil War, Steve Rogers comes and busts them all out. It, correct. Yeah. It didn't make sense. Right, so... so, so. Were they that stupid that they got busted again and put under house arrest and if they got caught again, why wouldn't they be put on the hulk base
1: well okay, and so one one way one course could be that they 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 were reached out to and said, hey you know we have your families you know if you come and if you stand down and be with your families well, we'll they, let they you were be. The only they are the only yeah. two with families right, right so right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and one was a well kept secret and one was not, but the yeah. other thing though is um I think that they may be forked. I think maybe the Ant-Man side of it is... He's got a quantum mission. I'm sorry, mission. Did, you say, did you say forked? I did. Okay, I think that, that, it, that it diverges. I think the Ant-Man I think the Ant-Man side of it could be a, qu- a quantum mission. And I think that the Hawkeye side of it could be what's what's in the tin is on the label, like we said. I think that it could be he's home, he's just going to stay put. Or he's home when his family dies,
0: disappears. And that's going to be the thing that drives him. Ronan. right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, and, and maybe he's the one that works with Captain Marvel to, to initiate change, right? Yeah, it could be.
1: But I think. Um, I think,
0: anyway. I think I think the one thing, uh, my my, if I may, yes, the uh, may. I think I think I think Ant Man, with the tech side of it, will be much more prone to the interstellar side of things and the Absolutely. multiverse side of things, right? Well, they did and, that in the uh, first Ant
1: Man movie, right? The Quantum Realm. Yeah.
0: Right, <laughs> but but they didn't but they didn't they didn't spoon feed it to you about what right. that meant. Right. 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 right right. Right.
1: Okay, so Avengers Infinity War, totally worth the wait. Probably probably you'll see it again, right? <laughs> uh I'd I'd watch yeah. it again in a heartbeat
0: if I had access to it.
1: I think I would definitely second, love to sit through a second round
0: of that. So but, I have I've a little I have a little uh, confession to make. I I went back before Infinity War and I'd oh, <laughs> And uh <laughs> You mean I know all the movies? I, oh yeah. Yes. I I now have my Marvel library that I just uh yeah, I, I have a like few
1: yeah. I have a few holes, but I think I have pretty much everything in uh and, and like we talked about before, we I, I hit the movies that almost all the movies that I wanted to write <clears> before. <throat> I think I intended to see the one I couldn't get to was Civil War, I just ran out of time. I would have liked mm-hmm. to have watched it, but um but anyway, so uh so that's Infinity War. Um I think we should uh, pretty quickly just do our other couple segments and then um and then uh and then and then close out this particular session. Um okay. my friend uh, I want to talk planned plundering. I want to talk mm-hmm. rum fueled recommendations, mm-hmm. and I and I have a brief a couple of comments on a second um, on a second viewing that I did, which is uh, I watched Black Panther again. Let's mm-hmm. start with that. How many times have you yeah. seen that movie?
0: Uh, about fifteen.
1: Fifteen times you've seen Black Panther. Yeah. And I can't
0: get you to watch. Uh, no, I'm, I'm exaggerating. It's probably it's probably ten. I, I bought it the first day it came out on demand.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, how how does it stack and, up to you in terms of repeat viewings?
0: Well, it, what element of it? Because the way that I view movies is basically thematic blocks and plot elements, and
2: because
0: mm-hmm. in the Marvel universe in particular, I'm looking for this the the connectivity elements as well as the narrative elements within the. Box of a right. given movie, yeah. And um, I'll tell you what I take away every time I watch Black Panther is that Michael Jordan uh-huh. is an effing stud. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Right, right, and uh, and I and I I can't say that enough. <laughs> People need yeah. to pay attention to this cat. He is. The Marlon Brando of our generation. He is <laughs> phenomenal. No, he is phenomenal. He's not. He's not going. He's not going to end that way. But he's. He, you know, okay. he he is phenomenal. Well, he he's did absolutely phenomenal.
1: It it, it was um it, and we and we talked about this the first time, but I mean, it was this, it was a stroke of luck and genius that they managed to find someone who could hold their own against Chadwick Boseman in a way that didn't overshadow him, yeah, but worked very well as a counterpoint to him. And, uh, and and talking about the thematic side of it, in their second viewing, I saw it on the plane on the way over here, actually, and on the second viewing, I was, I was m- even more appreciating the fact that this was a story for all the phase one-ness of it. Origin story, wow. guy comes back from his family, wears his same outfit, they have a, G- a CGI fight, and then it's over. I still wow. have problems with that, but... I was that much the, the, more interested. The, the, there's
0: a lot more to it than that. I
1: mean, no, lot, but the, for all of that, for all the phase one
0: problems, right?
1: I was much more enjoying and in tune with the fact that this was a movie that was a subversion of a lot of the early tropes of these stories. Uh-huh. He, the bad guy, was right. Mm-hmm. The bad guy didn't go out like a chump. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a second, a moment where he regrets his choices and wants to be redeemed or bitterly, you know, screams his way out he just said you know what i'm jumping off the ship like my forefathers did and that was it he was in the right the whole time his he, he had he had ideological problems he had ego problems that derailed him but his but his his stated philosophy was actually true okay. and it turned and in the end what he was asking for did come to pass and then the other thing about it that really cracked me up was um uh, it was Black Panther's fiance had been yelling at this the whole time, and no one was listening to her. And then all of a sudden, it's like he's like, "Here's what we will do."
0: So there are a couple of things I always take it from a. Uh, I always come away from that movie that I just uh, I cannot underscore enough. One is that the bad guy actually won. Yeah, right. What what he wanted to have happen happened. Yep. And that's the first time in a Marvel movie that that has ever happened. Yep. So even though he died, he won. Right. That mm-hmm. that the, the course was corrected, the mission was changed, the hero changed. That's right. In a in a very substantial way. Yeah. The right? hero's journey. And and right and defied his family lineage, his parents, and everything else. Like 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 not only broke but shattered. That's right. Right. Um, and then as well more so than, and, and Marvel is to be commended for this because they've always had strong female characters but in this movie in particular yeah, if the old. women weren't there if the women weren't there, abattoir yes. like total slaughterhouse absolutely <laughs> like, right. And, and, the, and it was a perfect, to me it was, perfect enough, so it was just boys being boys and stupid and like, yeah. you know, even, even the archetype of the animal imagery and everything oh, else yeah, about sure. you know, they're, they're just acting out on their you know, childhood fantasies and the women are the only ones who keep the shit together I think um, right. I mean, uh, and that and that and that to me was the eureka moment. That yeah. the more the more than anything else in the plotline, self discovery, yeah. alignment, you know, going down the journey. The women are the real heroes of the movie. Yeah, and that, my that favorite, was fantastic. My
1: favorite scene, the first time around, was my sa- my same favorite scene, the second viewing, which was the South Korea nightclub battle with my man claw (laughs) the whole sequence that whole like it's not truly a one a one shot brian de palma scene but it looks like it but the way that they shot that whole thing was absolutely astounding it didn't it didn't lose anything in the in the repeat viewing um one problem i had and it's a temporary problem was that i was reading a um reading something online that said that uh that black Panther. oh it was in the honest trailer it was the honest trailer for black panther and they said that um Brought to brought to you by a Jet magazine from the nineties, <laughs> and they showed like a, a a Jet magazine cover and Eddie Murphy's in a bunch of Egyptian gear, right? And I was like, oh my god, it really does look like that. It looks like late nineties um, Afrofuturism with Eddie Murphy. You know, it just it was so. Yeah. That's that said, um, I was also I didn't change my position on the fact that just like some of my favorite. Super films, like the Nolan verse stuff with Batman was the exact same way for me. The Black Panther moments were the least interesting moments in that whole movie. All I wanted was more of the people in regular clothes doing the regular stuff. His sequence in that in that nightclub, that whole yeah. thing was more interesting than any of the battles that happened when he was in costume. And the bottom line is it's just like I mean, look at Nolan's Batman. Batman was cool. Yeah. But it was all the other stuff that was more interesting. It
0: falls apart well, when the, it falls apart in the costume. Yeah, except for the moments where Batman gets defeated in yeah. costume. Well, that's true. The most but, right, the, 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 the only pivotal moments happened when he was out of the suit. Yeah. Well, the yeah. Only and pivotal moments happened when and, out of the suit. And Joker's
1: interrogation room was in the costume. But you understand what I mean, yeah. though. These are Batman movies in name, but that wasn't that wasn't really what I was yeah. what I liked most. Yeah, what yeah. I took away yeah, from yeah. it, right? Um, but, the, but then, the but, then, CGI, but then, you,
0: But then maybe you got exactly what you deserve, in (laughs) Infinity War, and that because he was there was no humanity to Black Panther and that whole thing there, and it was all the suit dumb, yeah, uh, yeah. and get that man a shield. (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, the thing is, I had watched a twenty-minute I watched a twenty-minute video on the special effects work on Black Panther, which was immensely complicated Uh to create those scenes, particularly in the in the in the physical world, like outside and Uh all that, and yet. The problem I had once again is that we've reached this. We've moved past the uncanny valley in faces, and now the problem is the uncanny valley in mass in movement. Right? All of these uh-huh. art- artificially generated CGI um, fighters bouncing around—they move too fast, and they move without weight. And so that's what takes uh-huh. me out of it. And then you look at and then you look at these sequences. I've I've recently watched. We'll get to this, but I've rec- recently watched two different. Um, I have recently watched two different projects where things that were CGI had mass and weight to them, and it's exactly what I'm missing in, that, in the Marvel, well, in all the superhero stuff. It's that you don't allow things to be heavy enough, and that's why the sequences that do work in the Marvel stuff work so well, such as Hulkbuster versus Hulk, felt real and heavy and weighty. Combat in Winter Soldier, where he's fighting Batroc, Right you believe all of those hits are happening. All of the stuff with, 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 with Bucky in Winter Soldier, catching the shield, punching a guy, knocking people down the stairs, it feels like everyone has weight and inertia to it. And that's what you lose when everything is, you know, two rubbery CGI people are bouncing up and
0: down a wall. But, uh, but, okay, to me, what you just described is your issues with mono and mono or individualized combat in mm-hmm. that environment versus nope. the mass scene.
1: Not necessarily, because in Winter Soldier Captain America fought Bucky several times, one-on-one battle. Punch, 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 punch. In the environment. They they interacted with the environment, and they interacted with each other with weight and inertia, and a ripple of collateral damage. And Same thing with the Hulk and the Hulkbuster. You believe them because they interacted with each other with gravity, and they interacted with their environment. And in the and in all the, the CGI Black Panther stuff, they're just bouncing around. They're just bouncing around. They don't even they don't even feel like they have any oh. um, kinetic reaction to their to their
0: movements. Yeah, like but but I will say but I will say the thing that that was most impactful for me in Black Panther were the ones where there, there was no CGI. The most weight was when it was Chadwick and Michael oh, yeah. facing off and exactly and doing that right. And, exactly. and, and, and all the in all the critical battle scenes that I can recall the really critical ones, except for the final ones.
1: But you're proving and my point. Awesome. But you're, you're proving my point. Those were powerful because they felt real, but they put yeah. all this money into these incredible effects. Like look at the whole uh, battlefield, Wakanda battlefield sequence. Right. And you had the the cool rhinos blasting out, which was neat. And then you have him leaping around them and pulling and dragging them and doing all this stuff. And only the only takeaway take from that entire battle was what's-her-name stepping in front of the rhino and it's stopping because, you know, <laughs> that's mom, right? That whole that sequence was the only part that I took away from that battle and thought that was cool,
0: right? Hey, yeah, well, I guess you as a subject matter expert in the field have yeah. a different set of drivers yeah. for what you want out of it than I do. For me, it's more about the process than it is about the event. I did this is a plot vehicle to get you from A to B. Right and and nope, it's it's over reliance on CGI versus practical effects.
1: It's as simple as that. Captain America was in costume in Winter Soldier. He's in costume because it's a practical. He was a practical costume in the whole sequence on the freighter. Practical costume. His fight scenes were believable and entertaining. Mm -hmm. All of those that all that stuff can be done with cgi interface to practical effects but the practical effects have to dominate and the problem that the the mistake they made in black panther wasn't just the faraway shots where they're all rubbery like ragnarok right with with uh with hella just blasting the hell out of all the asgardians and she's a little rubbery cgi figure in the background i love that problem the problem no the problem with black panther was sorry i I love that stuff i just well, okay, but they, but slight differences in, in grounding it would make a big difference. Yeah, in yeah. Black Panther, they gave him the suit. He had a practical suit and in a lot of the sequences in that battle. They gave him the suit, and then they said, okay, the suit's going to keep it, – it, it's going to keep ripping because of all the battle, all the movements and stuff. And so what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to overlay it with CGI. So he did all these sequences. He didn't do a lot of the stuff. He wasn't just in blue – golf balls all over him ping pong balls all over him they show overlays he's in the costume he steps up over the wreckage or he leaps over a guy and he's doing this stuff he's in a fabric version of the black panther suit and then they overlay they go all this work to overlay the cgi version of the suit on top of him and something's lost and my thing is if they were i hope that there will continue to be projects like the russo's earlier stuff that do everything in their power to try to give us practical effects because I think every, I think it makes a huge difference. It has to be the dominant thing you see. Okay,
0: thank you for agreeing with me one hundred percent. No, I do. It, it's a but but so you you focus on your thing and I appreciate that because I, I to me to the to the to the novice observer and things like. Your your appreciation set is on a different filter plane than mine because I'm, you know, I look at Lord of the Rings. I still watch Lord of the Rings oh, yes. 1, 2, and 3, right? And I love the shit out of them. And I know that if I went into the Battle of Helms Deep and I showed that to you, you would light yourself on fire because of all the rubbery action. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know?
1: That's, right. why I can't, that's why I can't watch Matrix stuff anymore because of all the rubbery agents, you know, bouncing around. Right,
0: right. See, I, I just have a willing suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I get, that it. I get over, it. That gives me over that hump.
1: Did you know that back when I used to paint uh, lead miniatures all the time that I had a collection of Balrogs that I painted? I had like six, 16 different Balrogs. I had different all these different color schemes and whatnot.
0: Yeah. So can, anyway. I, can I just give, a, I give yeah. you a non-sequitur moment? Yes. I, I had somebody reach out to We don't to like me.
1: non-sequiturs in uh,
0: no, robot cracking. Ro- oh, but two weeks ago I had somebody reach out to me, and uh, I won't mention his name, but I was his first dungeon master back in 1982. Two. Wow. And he tracked me down to reach out and say hi. Whoa. Right. And and that, and it brought back all those things. I mean, that was when we were going to uh, the, the cons and we were doing all the Gary Gygax and stuff and getting oh, wow. all the figurines and doing all of that. And uh, that was that was really a cool moment.
1: We gotta talk more about that later because uh yeah. I think that's a that's a good um, future subject because that means that you and I were we were we were active Despite our age difference, um, you and I were active hey. in that whole scene at the same time because that's right around the time that I was first starting to do that. That's yeah, but I was a, I was a freshman in high school and you were
0: like six months old. That's right.
1: So, um, Mr. <laughs> Mister Man, Man, now that you've ratified everything I said to you, um, yes. do, do you have any – I want you to tell me your planned plundering and you could even do your – by the way, that was the run through – Reconsideration segment. I call it rum run through. Like when the pirates, uh, you know, you run through with the. I don't know if yeah. it'll stick. I don't know if it'll yeah, stick. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. Well, we got
1: we got our plan plunderings. What we're what we're looking forward to, and then rum fu- rum fueled recommendations. What we recommend to other people. So you want to just kind of hit yours all at once? Well, I'll, no, do I'll do give plan you mine. Plund- plundering. I'll do plan planned plundering.
0: Yeah, plan pondering. Um, I'm really looking forward to Deadpool two. Yes. Right. I haven't seen it yet. Yes. Uh, and Ant Man, of course. Mm-hmm. Um and I can't wait to catch up on legion <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i I haven't been able to get through the first thirty minutes of the season two opener, oh my god um, yeah. yeah 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 so i I really can't wait to catch up to that show because that that thing uh ended majestically, and I can't wait to see where it oh, goes. So that that's yeah. my that's my plan fluttering,
1: all right, and what about your recommend your rum fueled recommendations?
0: So this is going to be completely off-topic, and I and I think I have green light to do that. Um, unacceptable. Well, okay, go ahead. Barry, Barry. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, if, yeah. yeah. If, if if people haven't watched Barry yet. Oh, I can't wait! I haven't started it. It is just amazing, and Killing Eve. Oh, you know
1: I've read about is,
0: uh, it. Yeah. How are you? How are you seeing it on the BBC?
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: And, and Carrie Ann, to her credit, got me into um, both of those shows. And because Barry, I saw, no, no, I, I saw Barry in the headliners. I'm like, okay, this is going to be another physical comedy, blah, blah, blah. Hitman, Dexter seen there, been there, done that. I thought it was going to
1: trade too much on Gross Point Blank.
0: No, it is so much better than anything that has come before. Oh, forward. okay.
1: All right. It I'm is, really looking forward to it.
0: Bill Hader is a f- friggin' genius. Killing you came uh, out of nowhere. I didn't yeah, read
1: anything it, about the, that product until it was released.
0: Yeah, and it is is—it is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. So those, those awesome. would be my two recommendations. Yep.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, so my planned plundering is, so uh, since I've been in country here in, Sing- in uh, Indonesia for 11 days, um, I have missed out on some shows. Are you still with me there, buddy? Did I lose you?
0: No, I'm here. I'm just, I'm just doing a thing. Okay. So
1: while you do your thing, I'm going to tell you mine. Um, so I've been dead in the water on some stuff that was happening right before I left because the you can't stream when you're overseas. You get stuck with your, your country, your region blockouts and stuff. So I can't, I can't get to stuff even if I – I've even tried VPNing it. I can't do it. So anyway, the point is I'm, um, I'm behind on Westworld by one episode. It's killing me. Um, I'm behind on Expanse by one episode and it's killing me <laughs> and then also um, I started Legion I saw the first episode of the new season and I haven't seen any more yet and um, so uh, as part of the, the session that will be released that this this recording will be included in um, um, Chris and I have talked about Legion and we've also talked about well, Westworld and we're going to continue to do so but I have to tell you everybody's firing on all cylinders as far as I'm concerned on these pro- projects and, and and I just can't wait to get home and just, you know, and it's going to suck because I'm going to have a week's worth of jet lag. That's going to make it very difficult for me <laughs> to see them. But anyway, that's what I'm really hot for. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh And so it'll be interesting um, once you get caught up on Legion and also on Westworld we'll We'll have to rope oh, you I'm, back I'm, in I'm, for more of I'm that i I'm, I'm, I'm fully caught up on my okay so and okay. i'm stuck i 'm stuck behind the uh, and at, at the time of this recording i 'm stuck behind the uh, the introduction to uh to samurai world or whatever like it, i haven't gotten there yet shogun, but it's, it's about shogun, yeah, shogun, shogun world shogun. that's right yeah. okay so and then as far as my rum fueled recommendations, you may dislike me for this, but one thing i have had taken good advantage of is the fact that the um, century twenty one Theater Twenty One Plaza Indonesia is right across the roundabout from me, so the first thing I did when I got here uh, on the weekend is I went out and I saw Deadpool Two, and <laughs> and I'd like to all I will tell you is, uh, it it meets and exceeds the original. So we'll have a we'll have a blast talking about it after you've seen it because I'm still thinking about it. Okay, don't be mad, don't don't hate the player. And uh, and
0: because I never get to go. You're no, on. No, wait, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm apoplectic.
1: Okay. Well, and because so, I mean, you, know, <laughs> you see how hard it is for us to get movies in when 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 we're in our normal lives with all of our obligations and everything. We have to go out late oh, late, late me, at night I, and all this.
0: Like I saw I saw Justice League in Mauritius in a theater yeah. all by myself. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it was the right? single. It was. The, I, I tell people that
1: it was the single most optimistic, like most supportive. Theater full of viewers of Justice League that there ever was, and it was you being negative anyway. Uh, and so, and then here's the big coup. Um, I looked it up, and Han Solo was released uh, in select in uh, select countries on Wednesday, the 23rd, and then is released in the U.S. later. And Wednesday the 23rd happened for me yesterday, so I got my concierge to get on it. And I was i managed to get a ticket, and so I went. After all of my stuff that I was doing last night, I shot over there at 9:30 at night, and I saw Han Solo as well. You're being really weird and eyebally at me in the camera there. What's going that on with you? That's a great eye of Sauron. It <laughs> was an eye of Sauron. So I already have tickets. To, I have tickets to Han Solo. I'm supposed to do a date night when I get back, but just to be, just to be, just to be safe,
0: I will see it with you too. Blake, don't think I'm not going to do that. I'm just saying... I'm, I'm just saying that, look, we, we could have seen uh, A New Hope with the San Francisco Symphony together. We Stop it. We could know, Empire Strips Back together. Anti- and, and, Empire
1: uh, Strips Back.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then you have the unmitigated gall to go see Deadpool 2 and...
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I want you to understand that I was comfortable in seeing both of these movies in Indonesia because I knew... That I would be seeing them multiple times. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it in the bright setting, which is, you know, hanging out and having some beverages and really just, I want a full cock up out of it, right? But okay, okay. but all I'm saying is, I did my duty. I, I, I ran myself on my own sword to go out early just to make sure to verify for us that these movies are awesome. And I will also tell you that Han Solo as well was very, very good. It's really neat to see you cooling off yourself with your whiskey on your forehead. You're like, oh,
0: I'm trying to melt the ice. Like the, <laughs> I feel I feel like Kilauea. I'm yeah. I'm I'm seeping lava and gas. Oh, I see.
1: Well, that's the thing that happened. Cool. Anyway, so I, I got I'm to sneak happy. those in, and it was really cool. I'm happy for you. Otherwise, well, I've been here in country. It's I've been working during the day, and then I come back, and I well before I leave, I do some project work. And then I go out to the job site. And then I come back and I do some project work. And then if I get it all done, then I have this window of time in the evening to write. And so for every day that I've been here as well as on the plane, I've just been writing for Third Rail stuff.
0: Cool.
1: That's cool. So in, 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 so these, the little diversions have been really helpful because I was getting sort of that writer's burnout. Like I've just been like every day just until I fall asleep at 11 at night. The shining. Know. The, the shining. shining. Exactly.
0: Red rum. Red rum. Red rum.
1: <laughs> all work and no Control-Alt-Delete. <laughs> anyway, so all right, okay, um, and 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 okay. um, did you um, did you want to offer a couple of comments on Isle of Dogs now that you've seen it? Before we go,
0: I, I think. <clears throat> well, to me,
1: um, I mean, we could wait and talk about it. And if if you want to save it for a proper thing, we'll talk about it because no one else is. I got I,
0: I got I, I to tell you, the I was an emotional wreck during that movie. Yeah, it's tough. It, it 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 impacted me more than a lot of things that should have impacted me more. Uh. <laughs> And uh, and I'll tell you about another thing that I saw at the SF MOMA that rendered me to, to tears. It was just a, a great civil rights film that uh, Carrie Ann had to drag me out of because I was oh uh, yeah Mr. Weeping Willow. The um, but I I felt physically impacted after seeing Isle of Dogs. So you see and, why. And, 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 yeah, and, and and I will never show that to Red until she's like twenty five. You <laughs> see no why? You see why Doris I am, and I came I out of that an, and I am said, such
1: a, "Yeah, yeah, we came out of that like there's no way we could show that to our kids."
0: I I am such a sucker for dogs. Oh yeah, and and uh, I uh, you, we gotta. I think we should save it for another night. And you got to we'll make do it. Sure yeah. that i I've got I got the thorazine darts. <laughs> and the Valium and the Clairols <laughs> to help me get through it. Because no, dude, yeah. like, like the, there, there, are gonna be moments it, when we talk about the movie that I, I'm gonna have a, a physical reaction to. It because you're I gonna was, get verklempt as it yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just um, well, you know, like the, C, the CSI thing. You yeah. see things with well, you, know, you kids and, I, and I, can't, I can't watch it anymore. And I can't watch things that bad things happen to dogs. I just, I you,
1: and, you and I are <laughs> not everybody. Everybody's different about what their triggers are, right? But you and yep. I have very similar triggers. It's about um, things happening to our, our wives and children, mm-hmm. things happening to young women, and things happening mm-hmm. to
0: animals, right? Yep. And, uh, yeah. Basically, the innocent. Basically, the innocent. Well, I can't. I can't I, no, yeah. no, no, I can't. Yeah. Well, except for bunnies. Fuck bunnies. Well, I was um, going to say, I mean, definitely innocence is
1: a thing, but I wouldn't say my wife is innocent. But, I mean,
0: it's just... No, no, but uh, there's something about... The about
1: emotional well, there's something there's something built into the idea that you're helpless to help someone um, that you yeah. care about deeply, and then they get killed. And so that's why I don't like those kinds of projects. I don't like the fridging in general. Um, yeah. uh, you know, one of my favorite modern revenge films, John Wick. I, ex- I, I will concede that that was as powerful as it was because they were willing to kill the dog. I hated it, but well, but, but it worked but me, on
0: me. <laughs> yeah, I know. But but it was it was a critical motivational factor. Right? Absolutely. And then, and then, and then it was complex that it was the last physical attachment that he had to the life that he wanted. Right. right. And that and that was and that was it. Like the, the the only thing he had to live for was that dog. Ostensibly, yeah. was that dog and yeah. that car and yeah. and, the, and the yeah. Yeah, and right.
1: it's that's it, the frustrating thing about I Love Dogs. It's a beautiful, and we'll talk about it more, of course, like oh. you say. But I mean, it's yeah. it's it's such a beautiful project for him, and it's oh. such a pinnacle for him in terms of the, the tools he was using and the way he tells stories, Dude. and even his whimsy. But but it's so it's frustrating that it is unlike Fantastic Mr. Fox, which had dark a dark undertone to a very um, otherwise
0: positive uh, story, e-
1: eccentric story. Yeah. There's really no way around, I mean, the first five minutes of it. I mean, there's no way I could even put my kids, like you said, they've got to be 25, right? Like, I mean, I can't no, put no. my kids in front of aisle of Dogs. Even if I were to prep them and, like, train them to not be stressed about the dogs, they would still be o- o- overwhelmed just because the the, yeah. the the premise of the film is brutal if you're a pet lover,
0: right? Yeah. Well, but but, but I also think uh, that there's some obvious parallels to social archetypes that are going on now oh, that yeah. aren't canine related, sure. right? Sure. Sure. And and and, th- and that when man, a dog's not a dog, of, right? Right. And and that well, and I'll tell you what, man. War for the Predator of the Apes. Yep. Right. That the last one, that thing makes me sob. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and it's not because of you know the content on the screen, but what it relates to and what it projects about all of us. And and the, the same thing with all the dogs. That of course, of course, it's a horrible horrific thing that happens but you can compartmentalize that as the basic human condition and translate that to all these different social events that we have and then it just it then it just creates an even bigger vortex on the soul that's like it says wow yeah quite obviously the dogs and I love dogs are more than just dogs, but, you know yes. and and the yes. sad
1: thing is these are coming out at a time when collectively the world is making the same mistakes that they've made in the past that have allowed people to be vilified and otherified and then massacred, and it's yeah amazingly. 1937 anyone?
0: 1937 oh. anyone?
1: I was debating. Right. I was debating with my my my, my, uh, my German friend last night whether we were
0: 1933, 35, or <laughs> um, 37. i kind 37. Of yeah, yeah, you're okay, right. Our, 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 our propaganda machines are so much more efficient. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> my gosh, it's like it's like the pre-atomic clock, you know. Anyway, so uh, this yeah. has been a great session. I'm going to let you go uh, t- t- tend to your younglings and your no, she's, she's less she's youngling. Uh,
0: everybody's asleep now except for Nogi. Hey Enagi, I met, I met your I met your wife, but hey, that's Nogi. fine. Oh, there's a puppy dog. I see a puppy dog. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Man, uh, have, a good, have a good day, and I and safe travels. I can't wait to see you again in person, uh, right. live in the Memorex. And... Peace
1: and bike grease, dude.
0: Hey, this is Tom again with Third Rail Design Lab.
1: I want you to disregard everything I just told you last time. Well, I mean, believe everything I told you about how awesome Third Rail Design Lab is. Definitely go buy some stuff there. But you should not avoid Deeply Dapper. Do you know why? I'll tell you why. Not only does he have incredibly good, awesome artwork for sale for you, but also crafty goods like key hooks and soaps and candles and enamel pins and beard oils all manner of awesome things for all of your gift giving needs all your geekery requirements you can get them at deeplydapper.com so please go ahead and do that right now pause the podcast go buy from deeply dapper then you come back all right there you go